1: Welcome to the Destiny Show podcast. I am your host, Cornholio, and tonight we welcome a dynamic duo who's no stranger to the world of Destiny 2. They are lore experts and the guardians behind the Guardians of Lore podcast and some of the most knowledgeable guardians in the Destiny lore community. We invite them tonight to share their Destiny story and discuss Beyond Light, and so many more things that we'll be talking about from this week's Bungie Weekly Update. They are none other than Orchid and Elemist. Thank you so much for joining us tonight.
2: Thank you for having us. I'm so excited to be here. This is so much fun.
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. thanks. It's going to be amazing.
1: We're, We're really excited to have you on and thank you so much for joining us and for hanging out with us and talking about all things Destiny 2. We're going to learn much more about your journeys. But before we do, i want to welcome my co-host, Shadow Price. How's it going, brother?
4: What's up? Just trying to get this TV right now. <laughs> so it almost feels Shadow like Price last week champion. was like Amazon Prime days and things like that. Or like when we were trying to get the systems. Remember that? Remember that, like, debacle? <laughs> Have you guys... Has anybody had a chance besides corn to secure your Series X pre-order or PS5?
3: No. Uh, And that's because I want to trade all my stuff in to put it as like a a down payment for it.
4: Gotcha. Yeah. So you must be interested in this Series X because I think you said you're with Xbox.
3: Yep. Nice. Because once I get a Series X, it's backwards compatible with everything. Why should I keep my one X?
4: That's really cool. Yeah, I like the fact that it's backwards compatible all the way to the original Xbox, too. So yeah, there's some some real good games on there, like the original Fable, um, one of my favorites. Oh yeah. So, other than that, I'm doing great. You know, just trying to fight these bots. Gotta love it.
5: <laughs>
1: okay. Well, apparently, 7:30 they will be restocking, so, so every 15 minutes you'll have an opportunity to pick up a TV.
4: And and they're not even for me. They're for my kids. Like I already, you know, I want the LG CX TV. I, I know it's like $1,400 something, but I want it, you know, but I, I'm not going to pay that price. I, I'm waiting for it to go like down to a thousand and then I'll pull the trigger. I think I um, love help for the kids. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get them the
1: cheapest 4k TV <laughs> that I can find. But for me, Man, I want the five thousand dollar TV. I want the gold, baby. I love <laughs> hey, it.
4: <laughs> we didn't have 4K TVs when I was their age, though. So you know. Oh my god.
5: Yeah,
4: no, I understand. I understand. It's okay.
1: You want the best. I I know you're a gamer and you've been spoiled by the land of high frames, and it's it's a problem. And we were talking about this earlier where I can't play Destiny 2 on my console
4: because it's in 30 <gasps> frames. And I
2: know it hurts, right?
4: <laughs> it, hurts I, you know, know, it hurts the brain, hurts the eyes and the so brain.
2: Slow. It
4: sucks because
1: I never thought I would get to a point where I can't play a game in 30 frames. Like to me, before I got my computer, I thought that would be just gives you crazy. a headache. Gives me a it, headache. Really, it really is straining on the eyes. We're going to be playing above 60 frames on our computers, right? Because we are getting our new graphics cards. And I mean, already Shadow Price has a 1080. Right now I have a 2080 Ti, I want to say. But I am picking up a 3080 card for the benefit of playing Destiny and creating content, but mostly playing Destiny. You know, and if if you... Uh, know how we got started with destiny 2 at least we literally built our computers the day before the beta came out like we did not play any pc games before then that was like the first pc game
4: that we really played and uh man that was something else such a great experience definitely played some other stuff on pc since like i played resident evil 2 on pc and oh my god it's beautiful like the game is just gorgeous you know playing that in 1440p 60 and higher like up to you know the like 100 frames i was getting almost 120 the witcher 3 playing that on pc that's crazy yeah because i never
1: thought i can fly through the world like imagine playing a really intense game with, with a massive massive world and you're just flying on a horse
4: like mm-hmm. it's it's pretty awesome the next series. big eye candy game is going to yeah. be cyberpunk
1: 2077
4: right. so
5: mm-hmm. yes
1: oh man cyberpunk so i know this isn't part of our topic for the for the evening but cyberpunk is coming out on the weekend that the new raid will be coming out what do you all think about this
3: oh i'm getting a dedicated raid team together so whatever <laughs> <laughs>
4: It's it's a single player game for right now. It, it, they're not adding multiplayer to to 2022. So for me, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm you know the raid, is, uh, the world's first has you know is only going to come once. You know, yeah, it's not going to you know. I want to experience the, the raid like when it hit lands. Yeah,
2: so. I'm I'm doing the raid with friends too.
4: Yeah, but we gotta get a, we gotta in, get a team. Uh, <laughs> yeah, in they're
2: in Australia, so we'll see what happens. It's going to be <laughs> oh, like wow. three in the morning for them or something. So wow. I'm like, yeah, it's 10 a.m. for me. It sucks to be you guys.
4: We have a few Australian <laughs> friends, actually. Um, I think uh, Bushman Bob, he's, uh, he's Australia, right? You might
5: hear my dog in the background. He's just hanging out here. Um, but
1: he's a, he's a good dog. His name is Rocky, and he's a little Pomeranian chihuahua. He's 8 years old now. It's hard to believe that I've had him for 8 years, but he's he's a cool dog. It's funny every time I play Destiny when we go into the Leviathan raid during the dog's encounter, dude, he goes off. And and I mean like he literally he gets so involved like he jumps on my lap and starts like almost tearing at the display. It's pretty funny watching him during <laughs> the encounters there's, there's,
4: there's other doggos on the screen <laughs> there you go he he knows his
1: kind of
3: bad doggos
1: yeah evade the doggos i missed the leviathan raid
2: you miss it it's still there you have three weeks to do it that, i know it's, but i'm it's gonna still like there.
1: I'm, I'm sad that it's going away and
4: i'm feeling it already where, controversial like, opinion uh, I don't miss it. <laughs> I, I, I won't miss it when it leaves. I want bring Vogue back. That's what I want. I want bring bring my Vogue back. I'll be-
3: I'm, I'm with you on not missing Leviathan. Yeah. Because to me, like, a raid is supposed to be a huge adventure that, you know, you're going to kill the final boss. Leviathan just feels like a game show.
4: I know. It's like Callus' twisted game show. It's like The Running Man. Like. You know, and Callus is Richard Dawson. <laughs> yeah, that's what cool, it feels like.
3: Yeah. Considering Callus has a thing for our guardian, like it just. Yeah, he does. It could get into real creepy.
4: Yeah. Yeah, there. it does. Yeah, Callus is sus for sure. He
2: loves that sweetmeats.
3: <laughs> yeah. Man, this is my
2: favorite topic in all of Destiny.
3: <laughs> Only because Callus is Bay to you.
2: Oh my god, Callus is... God, he's so thick. He's so thick, though. <laughs> what up, Callus? <laughs> no, he honestly has, like, the best... I, arguably the best story in Destiny because, like, if you've read Cryptonomicon, not only is it simply fan fiction for probably two-thirds of the entire lore book, but mm. um, if you're patient and you read through it, you realize that a lot of it actually is coming true kind of yeah in its own way and so you're yeah. like but wait a second it was fan fiction but now it's not question mark
4: <laughs> it's when fiction exactly. becomes reality
2: <laughs> it's yes
4: you know that that's
3: exactly the issue
2: <laughs> yeah and so it makes you go wait a second i don't know if i like this anymore but then he brings up the sweet meats again and everything is fine
4: I think that's Bungie's intention, though. Their, their yes. intention is to mislead you. Their intention yes. is to provide you the breadcrumbs, and then, you know, you got to, like, you know, follow those breadcrumbs, and it comes to some sort of realization, mm-hmm. you know, from there.
3: Um, well, and, and actually so. getting meta for a moment, the person who wrote the Chronicon was just like, all right, I'm leaving Bungie. I, I want to do one last lore book where I burn the entire universe down. <laughs> and that who? is the Chronicon. Who, who was that? Oh, I don't remember her name.
4: Oh. I think I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember her name either. Right, right. Yeah, she was in a lot of the Vidocs, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But I can't remember her name for the life of me. <clears throat> but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's very... Interesting when things like that come to pass. <laughs> Definitely. So, let's talk a little bit about
1: Guardians of Lore. Let's put you guys on the hot seat for our discussion with the Guardians. We're going to learn a bit more about you and how you got started in the Destiny community. So, the first question we have for you is who are the Guardians of Lore and how did you
5: both get started?
2: Alamus, do you want to go first?
3: Sure. Uh, So we actually started out as a clan podcast talking about lore because we had a lot of clan mates who didn't quite understand it. And we wanted to have some kind of discussion that way, we could teach everybody what what it was. Um, And we were like debating on whether it should be YouTube videos, an actual podcast, or just a, a long discussion. And they were like, actually, it was orchid.
2: It was me. I
3: want a podcast to listen to it while I'm at work.
2: They wanted to record. They wanted to talk about it when I was currently working because most of the people were on the East Coast. So I was like, well, I'm still working at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon. So I can't just look at my phone for an hour or dip into Discord. So could you guys just record it for later so I could listen to it and then maybe put it (laughs) online so I could download it? Can you just make mm-hmm. it a podcast so I could listen to it like a podcast? They're like, yeah, okay. We'll get back yeah. to you on that. We'll figure out how to podcast. Hold that thought.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we're still figuring it out. We
2: are, yeah. Like a 100 episodes later, we're still figuring that out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? Don't feel bad because we're also figuring it out. And we have done... 57 episodes like that we actually put out and then we have another 50 that we just it was such a bad dumpster fire that we couldn't even put that out so those episodes are somewhere deep in my hard drive never to be spoken of
4: never never (laughs) to see the light of day
1: (laughs) never to see the light of day but you know what but we're here right and we've made a ton of progress as a podcast, I think. And it's so much fun. It's such a great experience to get a chance to hang out with awesome people like yourselves and yeah. to learn about your experiences and to share the game that we love to play. And I think that's really cool.
3: Exactly.
5: Mm-hmm. And
1: and now, so when did you both get started as a podcast? When did that journey begin for you? Was it back in 2018?
2: Yeah. Elmist. Yeah, it that was,
3: was... Af- It was after Forsaken came out. Yeah. Cuz our first episode was about the Drifter.
2: Mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I think it was the fall or yeah. late fall of 2018 or late fall, of... yeah.
3: It was before Black Armory. Mhm. But it was after for Forsaken initially dropped. So I think it was I, mean, o- gives... I think
2: it was around this time. Yeah. Actually. I think it was, I think we're having, I think we're currently having our second anniversary.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. That's awesome. And it's so great that you're celebrating your anniversary here on the Destiny
5: Yeah. Show. Such an honor. So.
1: <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I, yeah, Very cool. I know. And, and out of curiosity, were you using Skype when you started recording? Because we, we used Skype.
2: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't I join like until starts. episode
3: fifty. Well, well. Oh, wow. So like our, our first couple episodes were actually just us sitting on an Xbox in party chat. <laughs> that's awesome. We streamed it with Mixer and like it, it was awful. Um, and we Rip mixer. we switched <laughs> up to Skype and then now we do Audacity and Discord
1: we're gonna continue the conversation and we're going to have uh the awesome guardians of lore on the hot seat for our discussion with the guardians and i guess orchid do you want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the destiny community and with playing destiny
2: oh yeah sure so i started playing destiny destiny 1 um i started a couple months after it came out because um my friends were like hey you should play this game you like to do the shooty shoots and i'm like i do like to do shooty shoots um and they said you know you you like to be space wizards and and shit so you probably like this game because you like that kind of nonsense and they were right of course Because they know me. And um, so I just really, really got into the game. And I didn't even really realize that there was a story per se. Because I wasn't interested in finding it, to be perfectly honest. I just wanted to shoot stuff and make myself look pretty. Which really hasn't changed very much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, I just, I don't know. I played Destiny 1 and I really liked it. And played Destiny 2 and... Then people are like, no, don't you know the story? I'm like, no, there's a story. <laughs> you want to <laughs> tell me about it? And Elmus is like, yeah, there's this whole, there's this whole story. <laughs> and then, yeah, then it, the rest is kind of history. So here I am. Very cool. Yeah.
5: And what about you, Elmus? How did you get started in Destiny?
3: I was actually on an internship in D.C., and I had a, a fellow intern who was talking it up before the game had actually come out. And so it, it was at that point that I was like, all right, you know what? I'll, he was talking it up and it sounds cool. I like Bungie's other stuff, you know, Halo and all that. So I'll check it out. I ended up getting Vanilla D1 and I have played every day since. Did you say every day? Just about. Like, there have been times that I've taken a few weeks off, but... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha.
2: I play every day, pretty much. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, I mean, before this week, I, I took a week off. Um, you know, the, near the end of, of Rise of Iron, I took a couple weeks off because, you know, D2 was about to come out. I had no reason to actually play D1. So, like, there have been times that I just take a break, but for the most part, D1, or D or Destiny has been my main game.
4: Yeah, very similar here, too. I mean, even way back on our, when we had a, originally on the Xbox, Destiny, we had to get rid of our Xboxes because we had issues with ours. Like the game wouldn't boot. Sometimes the system would just shut down. It was one of those launch Xboxes that had went through their problems. Um, so we switched to a PS4 and then we started playing borderlands like 2 the handsome jack collection and then we realized like a week later like miss destiny Let, let's let's get destiny and hop back in there on PlayStation and we did that and the rest is history after that pretty much you know so we took like yeah. also like a week off or two sometimes but we always come back because like you're not going to get that like shooting kind of anywhere like the the shooting yeah. mechanics and you know you know the raids you're you're not getting that anywhere else.
3: So now I I will say the one thing that's helped me play consistently was the fact that for the longest while my brother-in-law played on Xbox and my brother played on PlayStation. Mhm. And Xbox was my main, so it was just kind of like I kept hopping between the two platforms in order to play with whoever Right. So yeah. I ended up with, you know, it, pretty much the same characters, but I, I actually was able to keep myself engaged because I had all that content.
4: I did something very similar too. Like, I went out and rebought an Xbox One because I missed my original weapons. Like, you grow so attached to those weapons from Vanilla, oh, yeah. and I have not deleted any of them since. Like, I just, I even tell my kids when you play, like, please do not, for the love of God, delete my weapons. I make sure to lock them so they can't delete them. (laughs) Yeah. See, I find it interesting how
1: even when you tell yourself you want to take a break from Destiny, you don't want to play, you want to go play something else. Somehow you always come back to Destiny and i'm not sure how that always happens with us but like when we switched from xbox to playstation we bought different games to get away from destiny to play something else but yep. we always have that urge to come back to it all the time and it it has become truly a hobby for us that we can do together
5: on comfort a food. regular basis it's comfort
1: food yeah it's like comfort food you know <clears throat> yeah. and i i think it's the ultimate way to still be able to have fun with your friends, even though you might be far away. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the ultimate experience that that you can do with
4: your friends.
1: And that's what I love about Destiny. I think that makes it very
4: special. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the social interaction aspect of it all. Um, And also the fact that it does have amazing lore, as you guys can attest to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: I mean, it's it's pretty good.
4: Yeah. So, um, Orchid, what do you do when you're
1: not playing Destiny or podcasting?
2: <sighs> um, Let's see. I stream four times, five times a week. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Hey, It's Orchid. You can go follow me there where I stream Destiny, Halo. Let's see. I had a stint where I was streaming The Sims one night this week. We murdered a bunch of people in my basement by setting them on fire. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else did we do? Um,
3: that is totally on brand for you.
2: It is. Well, I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm recovering from a cold and I was just like feeling super miserable. And so my little sister was like, you know, we should just play The Sims because it's a game you haven't played in a long time. So.
4: Oh, you too. It's been going around, I guess. I had one. Yeah. Like- week prior myself yeah
2: i'm on a lot of dayquil and robitussin and Sudafed right now so
4: mm-hmm.
2: it's everything i can't feel my face at the moment
4: <laughs> yeah
2: i have that feeling
1: we really appreciate you being here with us Thank even you. though you're feeling under mm-hmm. the weather yeah we feel better.
2: i feel i feel something right now <laughs> <laughs> the robitussin's real helping i think um I let's see if it wasn't if it wasn't you know coronavirus time. um I played the violin um, semi professionally in a symphony. Like I used to play for the Eugene Ballet
1: what That's awesome. Um, that's, that is awesome. Currently, play how, do you, how do you get a gig like that? That's that's pretty cool. Uh,
2: I am very good at music, and I auditioned, and then they said I can have the job.
4: <laughs> that is awesome. how Definitely. I got it. That's awesome, yeah.
2: I just kind of showed up and said, may I audition? (laughs) Um, I used, there was a, when I was in college, I went to Oregon State and um, there was a lady there who played for one symphony. Um, I used to play for the San Jose Symphony when I was in high school back in the Bay Area in California. Um, And that was a professional symphony and I had a card and everything in the guild and was paid. And so like my name was on lists and things. So like people figure out what your name is and then you just kind of start getting auditions and calls from people. So that's, that's so kind cool. of cool. That's how it happens. And then people just, it, I'm not that good. <laughs> I am a, a middle of the road player. I also like rowing and I like calligraphy and I have two cats. That's those are things I do when I'm not playing Destiny.
1: Very cool. And, and we God, heard a rumor. Cool. We heard a rumor about otters. Something <gasps> about otters.
2: So. I love otters so much. They're so cute. I put <laughs> them on the internet all the time on Twitter. I may or may not have an otter account that I don't talk about that tweets a lot of otter things. <laughs>
1: We do not talk about otter accounts here on the Destiny Show.
2: (laughs) Nope. But um, Uh, I love otters, and I tweet out otters a lot. So,
4: Very cool. Yeah, otters
2: are really cute. They're pretty much the greatest things on planet Earth.
4: They seem underrated, you know?
2: They are super underrated because they are great. So don't even at me. Otters are the best.
1: (laughs) You heard it here. (laughs) Yep. So, Elemist, what about yourself? What do you do when you're not podcasting or playing video games?
3: Sorry, I don't understand the question. <laughs> um, I, typically, I'm I'm usually on my game, hanging out with clanmates who, at this point, I consider a second family. Um, or I'm you know on the game talking with my brother my sister like it we use it as a way to keep in touch with with the family that matters um outside of that i do watch a lot of tv um i'm currently going through all the episodes of supernatural because that show
6: is about to end in a couple weeks
5: Is it, is it really a couple of weeks from now?
4: It, like
3: three or four.
5: Oh, no.
4: Yeah. It's been a pretty long-running show, too, I guess, hasn't it? Fifteen years. Jesus. Wow. Two years? <laughs> wow. It's that's like half like the six six Simpsons season. time. That's That's pretty good. That's almost <laughs>
3: half my life.
4: <laughs> Apparently. What's that? are the the simpsons still going on yeah i think so i'm pretty sure wow that's impressive
5: i'm impressed yeah so do you
1: both have a favorite campaign in destiny
2: (sighs) just a mission or like a whole campaign
1: just the whole campaign
5: Mm -hmm. let's see what she says oh that's a really good question
3: since she's taking her time Rise of Iron Um, (laughs) oh
4: nice nice one I mean it's
6: I I I respect that one I respect it Elmas what were you going to
5: say
3: for me it's Taken King Yes, that is the correct answer. (laughs) I really enjoyed how it, like, from start to finish, you felt like you were really just taking on Oryx. And the way they ended it, like, you had to actually go into the raid to finish Mm -hmm. that story. Like, that is what made it epic for me.
4: And the fact that Um, you got to go on the Dreadnought and just, like, scour it for all everything like the qualified fragments and to build the gun right for
3: the touch of malice to build the gun out of bits and pieces of oryx's court exactly like the ravenous heart item that you get for the touch of malice was oryx's heart right so like literally you are building a weapon out of hive guts and and pieces it just it was so amazing. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's I it's gonna be
1: really interesting because I I have to say, for me, the best campaign that we've had so far was Forsaken. Because I never felt that level of hate for Aldrin and they killed off the person in the game that I cared about the most. And I think the way that everything flowed in that campaign was just so perfect for me. I would have to give it to the Forsaken campaign.
2: See, I have a problem with the Forsaken campaign, and it's that the raid feels very tacked on because it's like, here's this great storytelling, but it's like you are following through, you have all these cutscenes, cutscene, cutscene, cutscene. It's told really well. And then all of a sudden you shoot this guy but Cade was killed and it doesn't feel like it was necessary death they just wanted to pull you into the story it was like okay but did he have to die my answer is no he really didn't
3: are you are you talking Cade or Aldrin? I'm
2: saying Cade didn't have to die and then Aldrin if because of the way the story is going now, yes, Aldrin had to die that we that we see now, but Cade really didn't have to die. <laughs> Except to for dramatic whatever, because we had to go chase Aldrin. And if you had killed anybody else in the story, then we wouldn't have cared.
1: Yeah, I think. and I'm if I'm wrong, but I think didn't they kill off? Cade-6 because the actor who was playing Cade-6 was no
4: that's longer That's the other part. Playing. Yeah, that's the other half. But yeah, Nathan Fillion was leaving. To-
2: he wasn't leaving. He, they didn't tell him that he wasn't doing it. Yeah. They, he didn't I'm know already- that he wasn't Cade for this.
3: I, ironically enough when Forsaken, like when the first trailers came out for Forsaken somebody had asked him well, what are you going to do now that, you know, Cade Six is supposedly dying? And his response was, well, he's a guardian. Don't they just come back to life?
4: <clears throat>
3: I thought that he
4: was like, this is what I heard, that he was leaving because he was, you know, he had other obligations that he was uh, like his 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 career, his shows and things like that he was doing that's what i heard i don't know not you know it's he, not 100
2: he did have other obligations but it's kind of like, like the whole dinklage yeah. thing
4: basically so though that, right. that's kind of like what it felt like to me is that's yeah, what I, but, heard.
2: I mean like voice lines though don't they it's not a huge time commitment like recording yeah. stuff for a video game that's that's like a, a month or two or a month at the most
4: Yeah, I don't know what show. I think he was. I think he was was doing the
2: rookie at the time. I think.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one. I don't know. I had a problem with Forsaken too. Like with, I don't know the way they structured it. Like they they made the barons to be all big and bad, and then you just like wipe them out basically. Like and I thought that they could have done a little bit more with that story because I because they weren't repair playable either, other than what was in the adventures. You know, like, you, you couldn't really go and do them unless they were, like, an adventure or something like that.
5: Mm-hmm. You know, you
4: couldn't do them again. You know, so it's like, I don't know. It, it kind of fell flat. It started off really strong. I liked the way it started. But then again, just like the same, you know, the Destiny 2 campaign, it falls flat at the end, I felt like, a little bit. You know, that, that's just my opinion, though. My uh, opinion.
2: I, I liked it. At least it was a story that had a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, and the Red War kind of had a beginning, middle, and an end. Um, My one argument with Shadowkeep is that it never really ended. It just kind of set us up for the entire year of story, and I, I feel like we haven't really gotten a conclusion, and it's felt very unsatisfactory this year. Like, we've gotten some really good lore out of it, and that's why I'm so excited and have so much hype for the coming season. And I think that's why we have like all of us have so much anxiety for this next season to start. And I'm calling it anxiety, even though that's not the right term to use. But anticipation is really what I should say. Um, Yeah, I
4: I feel like this was a transition year for him.
2: It really was. But at the same time, it's like we never got that conclusion for this story, I think.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was definitely on a cliffhanger. Yeah. They used the, the different parts, you know, of the what during the season of The Worthy. Mm -hmm. was it to move they have the pyramid ships you know show up uh in the the bunker and you could see them getting closer every week Mm -hmm. you know and it led up, you know to you know the live event that happened with the almighty Mm -hmm. crashing you know that was like the you know the kind of half controversial i didn't Mm -hmm. have a problem with it i mean it was the first time they tried a live event i think we're gonna get another one before the end of the season actually Mm -hmm. so yeah i hope so yeah
3: and i i i do agree with with orchid about shadow keep like i was specifically looking at what the campaigns were and shadow keep was three missions
4: that was way too short wow way too
3: short they they threw the nightmare hunts in but campaign wise it was only three three missions
6: yeah, War Mine was, like, fine.
1: I would, I would say for me, I think Shadowkeep was probably one of the most underwhelming
4: expansions that we've had. Like, I... I I just didn't... Really- the whole thing with the Undying Mind, you know, coming back and, you know, they built that portal and then you just went in there and you didn't get anything special. I was hoping they could at least, like, if not bring back, like, uh, the Imago loop, bring something else, like, that you can get you know, for... You know, just like a piece of loot that, you know, was like uh exclusive to that, you know, thing.
3: No, now I I will say I I am I will defend Bungie for Shadow Keep though, because there was a lot going on in that last like like last year leading up to Shadow Keep. Like they were looking at new light and how to actually get new guardians in. Um You know, they were making it free to play. They were. Moving from Blizzard.net to Steam and what all that would affect. So like Mm -hmm. they had a lot going on. So I'm giving them a little bit of a pass on Shadowkeep. But that's why I'm 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 like so hyped for Beyond Light because. All right. Yeah, we had covid, but for the most part, you guys weren't working on any other you know, side projects. This is your time to shine.
4: Yeah, they had to be building this for at least two or more years now, right? I mean, See, yeah, I have a bit of a different
1: frame of thought with this. And I love Bungie. I love Destiny. I support them 100%. I do think that, you know, I understand that it was a challenging time for them. But when I look at when I look back at Keep as a piece of content, I think they kind of overpriced what we got. I don't think it was a thirty nine dollar expansion.
4: I think it was thirty five.
1: Was it thirty
3: five? Are you sure?
4: Yeah, I believe it was thirty five. Shadowkeep was thirty four ninety
3: nine. And if I remember correctly, we actually got the season pass with it.
4: We did get the season with that. Yes, we did. I believe. Um if you wanted the season pass, I I can't remember. What was it? Like it was it was 60 if you wanted the season pass. Um but it gave you the whole, you know, gave you the whole years worth of content. You know, all the way up to season of arrivals, which we're in currently.
1: Okay, so it looks like it was 34.99. But Three missions, I would say maybe 20 bucks is what I think would be a fair, you know. Yeah, I just,
4: yeah, I felt like.
1: Here's the other other thing for me. It wasn't necessarily about the money. It never is with Destiny. I'm happy to support them. I think the overlining issue for me was that for a piece of content that is supposed to last for a full year as the foundation for what we're going to be playing. I think that, you know, Shadow Keep was very largely
4: missing the mark for me. And you were right. We had this conversation. You, you thought that this year was going to be thin. Uh, and it was. It kind of was. I mean, I didn't. F- there was some cool stuff that happened in uh, what season of dawn with the quarters of time and things like that. Yeah. Season of and Worthy, I though, remember. was not very. I did not play much during season of worthy. Actually, I've played more this season because I was interested in, you know, the uh, the lore that we got from Eris, and you know, just like some of the things that we're able to chase when they drop it into the game.
1: Yeah, I feel like they gave us more reasons to come back to the game this season than they didn't past. Um, I, you know, I think that having the special events that we got, even you know, just playing solstice of heroes or the halloween event you know these are reasons for us to come back and play even if they might not be big reasons to come back and play the game we got the new dungeon that's really the new cool
2: dungeon's so cool
1: um, yeah
4: good
2: i don't know i'm solstice wasn't a reason to come back though
4: like <laughs> no it was not
2: <laughs> it was not a reason to come back no was bad
4: i played it and i got one character to the magnificence that but yeah that was it
2: (laughs) yeah it was man
1: yeah i got two characters there and then i just i couldn't i couldn't do it anymore i just like there wasn't enough of a reason for me to keep playing it and i think that the time commitment that i had to put to grind it just wasn't worth it and and i think that You know, that that was the problem with Solstice of Heroes this year for me. Mm -hmm. It was too samey, nothing really changed. And it was just overly grindy to a point where they had to make changes to how the game played on your second and third character because it was too grindy. You know, and that was that was my thing for me. So what do you all think? Is the best lore in destiny we have quite a bit of lore in the destiny franchise do you do you all have a favorite piece of lore
2: oh, that's such a loaded question because we we talk about this a lot and it kind of updates itself as new lore comes out because then we kind of reevaluate what <laughs> we have and uh, elements, do you want to go
5: first
3: uh so the the Lord book that I keep coming back to is the Black Armory Papers. Mm-hmm. It is such a good read. I I've must have read it five or six times at this point, and I can't read it without crying at the end. Like it is just, it's so good. It
6: it tears your, your heart. Um, but I also
3: I'm also a fan of the Drifters' story. In relation to Oren, uh, the emissary of the
6: nine. Really it's kind good.
3: of a it's kind of a one sided love story. He likes her. She never gave him two thoughts.
5: Interesting. What about you, Arkid? Mm.
2: So we already t- we kind of already talked about it. Um, <laughs> there's a couple books I really like. Um, so we actually did this book recently, and I didn't think anything of it when we did it. I really like the book Constellations, and it's a book about the different speakers. Yep um that the that we've had and because there's been more than one speaker for the traveler and so it's it's kind of about how the speakers have kind of evolved through time with with living with the traveler especially with the traveler kind of being dormant and how speakers receive their visions because they don't speak to the traveler the traveler they kind of dream through the traveler or they suddenly receive these visions, or it's kind of different for every person, and the ghosts will follow them around as children. And they're not guardians, they're just humans. And um, so the story is really interesting because it gives you, I really. As an aside, I'm kind of a weeb and I really like anime. (laughs) I really like kind of the slice of life anime stories and constellations kind of has that slice of life living, um, like living in the city and, or just like living kind of in the time of living with the traveler kind of vibe to it, which is why I like it. If that makes sense. It's it's the stuff that you don't normally hear about. It's not like the big flashy, oh, I'm hearing about Osiris and I'm hearing about St. 14 or I'm hearing about, you know, sword logic. It's the little stories that you would that you wouldn't normally hear about. About like unnamed person A or unnamed person B. So it's it's those are the kind of stories that I like. The ones that kind of flesh out the universe a little bit more. So I really like constellations, but I also i'm i'm a huge i'm a huge slut for Pigeon in the Phoenix. So
3: I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that.
2: <laughs> I love Pigeon in the Phoenix so much. Saint Fourteen and Osiris are totally married. <laughs> uh if they if you don't believe they're in a relationship you just have to read the lore on the stuff from um the festival of the Lost this season and then you'll be like yep yep besides that and then like all the the dialogue that you hear in the prophecy dungeon and then you're like yep
3: yep i'll point that out
2: Yep, can't deny it now. Yeah, Elimist, okay. Elimist had gone through the du- the dungeon before I did, and he clips this dialogue that he hears in the dungeon of um, Eris. And is it Eris, or is it... Um...
3: It's Eris and Drifter.
2: It's Eris and the Drifter talking about Saint-14 and Osiris in their relationship, seeing each other, and how they shouldn't be disturbed because, you know, they don't get to see each other very often. A wink-wonk. <laughs>
3: I I think Drifter's actual line was something of, you don't do that kind of thing for a drinking buddy. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah,
2: exactly. I stand them.
1: So I think for me, the the piece of lore that really sticks out was the first chapter in the Grimoire Anthology, in the first one um, for the Book of Sorrow.
2: Oh, so you and like old timey hive stories?
1: Well, well here's old why. Here's why that hive. really stuck out to me because that was kind of like my first introduction into the the lore from like just reading standpoint. I normally wouldn't just go and read lore pieces from the actual game. So ah. for me to get to to having the opportunity to really go back and reimagine how the relationships work between all of the different characters that we fought in Crota's End and and during that time I think it was really interesting and that really painted a very interesting picture and that kind of was my introduction into the lore in Destiny and ever since then I think I, I started reading a lot more into lore and how the relationships between what we play and the stories behind them, how they all come together. And I think it's really cool. Neat. So I think that's the one that would stick out
4: to me personally.
1: Shadow Price, do you have a favorite lore piece in Destiny? Oh my God.
4: That's, that's so hard. There's so much of it. Like <laughs> I have a, like a top three, like anything to do with the Vex. Um, Cause like, I like the vex i think they're my favorite class enemy race um wibbly wobbly
3: timey why me what's that because wibbly wobbly timey why me
2: yep yep
4: yeah (laughs) uh the books of sorrow um and uh i don't i don't know i don't know what the third one would be but those are some of my favorites right there i really like the books of sorrow i like anything to do with the vex windler's
3: bridge saga
4: Oh yeah, the um yes, yes, the uh, story of thorn in uh yeah, and the last one. word and the last word. those are it. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you had to jog my memory there.
1: <laughs> awesome. And the next question is for Orchid, because you're recently you've become a co-host of Focused Fire Chat.
2: I have. Much to cool. their mistake.
1: <laughs> they didn't know what they were getting into, did, did they?
2: They did, and yet they still made that error, so okay. that's well, on them. So how
1: are you <laughs> liking your new gig with Focused Fire Chat, and how's that going for you?
2: Um, I'm enjoying it very much. I uh, Green and Blue are both very dear friends of mine, and it did not start out like that. Elmas uh, knows that like I didn't I at first I didn't think Green liked me at all and Blue it just didn't speak to me so like <laughs> we became friends and I don't know how that happened but like we be we the three of us became friends separately um, over time and then it just kind of they asked me and I said yes so yeah i've been on a couple of episodes now and it's been fun um it's yeah i am not very strong in the lore knowledge but i like podcasting and i like destiny (laughs) so i mean two out of three isn't terrible right
4: try three in bed nope nope
2: (laughs) i'm sure i'll pick up on the lore part later Someone said there was someone in Discord this morning in our own like Focus Fire Chat and Guardians of Lore. We just merged our Discord channel into one big Discord. Uh, We had a weird Discord baby, and now we're in one server now. Like everybody is, and it's chaotic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's someone said this morning because I was like, Yeah, the lore is okay. Like, So I was just like myth because I was I've been playing Halo and I'm like God the story is so good in Halo like Halo is so well done and it's just I'm like yeah you know I really like Halo and they're like yeah says the person who's on two Destiny lore podcasts I'm like yeah that's true isn't it Oops
3: Yeah
2: (laughs) Yeah but I really like the Destiny story too but man Halo is so good. Oh,
3: yeah, but
2: Halo so good. But I mean, Bungie wrote that, too. So, yeah. ah, man, Bungie, you're so good at this. <laughs> good yeah. job, Bungie.
4: Joseph Staten. You know, oh,
2: I, God, Bungie, you're so good at this.
4: He's going on to try to fix uh, Halo Infinite. So hopefully, ah. best of you luck can, to him.
2: <laughs> you can do it, buddy. I have faith in you. Yeah, <laughs> you can do it. Yeah, no, I um I'm really liking it and we'll see kind of where it takes us in the future. I'm really looking forward to it. I know that now the the Venn diagram of two shows with with for some reason me in the middle, um <laughs> which is a really weird circumstance to be in, like trust me on this one. Uh we're hopefully gonna do a lot of more collaboration and like host sharing and, and stuff like that. So we'll have that to look forward to because both shows operate a little bit differently. So it'll be fun to see kind of how, where that takes us in the future.
1: Awesome. So how would you say focused fire chat is different from what you do at guardians of lore?
2: Guardians of lore is Elmas and I have, we've nailed down that. I think we're a book club podcast kind of. Yeah. We read the lore and then we discuss it kind of piece by piece um, because a lot of people are like, but I don't want to read the lore. And I'm like, okay, well, we're, we'll read it to you and then we'll talk about it. Okay. So because <laughs> we, we like to read it. And so our episodes are, you know, we just did the singular exeget, which is the lore story attached to those interference missions that we've been doing weekly. Um when we meet Eris underneath the Tree of Silver Wings. And so that took us three weeks to get through because those, A, there are a lot of them. And because you're reading each one, it takes a while and then you discuss it and that takes a while. So like it takes us weeks to get through these lore books sometimes. I mean, Marasena took what, six weeks? Five weeks?
3: Marasena itself took... Four weeks, but then we jumped right into Awoken of the Reef, which was a follow up book. So, like, we were on The Awoken as a people for like two months.
2: Yeah, that's eight. And then there was an extra nine episode.
3: Yeah.
5: Yeah.
1: I feel, I feel for us, every time that we tried doing a lore episode, first off, those episodes are long.
5: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. over three hours during yeah. the war episodes and doing show notes for those episodes man it's not easy It is. Yeah. Not
5: easy.
1: But we have the,
2: we, we the whole <laughs> if it wasn't for ishtar we would be in trouble so our dear friend yeah. baxter who runs ishtar collective um where you can look at all the lore if you don't use it you should i think i don't know a person who doesn't know of ishtar collective on the internet um where you can look at all of the lore the all the lore pieces um which it's laid out really nicely so you can read it all so this is what all the lore people do is during our lunch breaks the day the lore drops is that we sit there on our phones and read it
4: during lunch I used to do that work. with Destiny 1 the grimoire yep
2: exactly I used to read
3: it on my phone <laughs> yeah you read it on your phone yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Only during lunch, yeah. Yeah,
2: totally. <laughs> Definitely not when you're supposed to be working and doing other stuff. Yeah, only during lunch. I'm trying to oh, make sorry. it sound like we're spec- not just... <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make it sound like it's fine.
3: It's fine. Oh, it's I'm, fine. I'm I'm full-on obsessed. I know this. I admit this.
5: <laughs> so... Is there anyone
1: in the Destiny lore community who inspired you both
5: as a podcast and as lore buffs? Elmist, what about you?
3: I know for me, it, it's the people at, at Focus Fire, you know, Blue Crew 86 and Green Eye Music Lover. Um, they've been so welcoming. And, like, before we even had an actual podcast that we were starting, I was listening to them on my way to work and on my way home from work. Like, they became a part of my day. And when we started the podcast, we kind of modeled after them. And then we realized that we
6: wanted to format our show differently. But, like, they've been, like, they're still a huge inspiration for myself, at least.
5: Nice. Yeah, I think both Blue and Green are
1: just really awesome individuals, and the quality of their work is so, so good. Their podcast is so awesome. And the fact that they can break down really complicated topics in Destiny and make them so easy to digest by normal just guardians like myself, I think that's mm-hmm. really cool. And we've listened to their podcast for quite some time now. And also, um, really early on, Green actually, like, she supported our podcast before we were even a podcast which was like okay cool so another destiny podcast is actually like following us and they listen to us and that was really cool and then green was a guest on the podcast and um so they have been very supportive and we had blue on the show as well and now uh they're actually part of the robots network and uh so that's really cool as well yeah yeah And now Uh, you're part of the team as well, so it's all awesome to to see that all kind of come together like that. And that's got to be really exciting to go from, you know, being inspired by the individuals who you now get to kind of consider your peers.
2: I was more terrified of them, and now I work with them and hang out with them. So... I just get to hang out with them more often.
1: Yeah, and I bet it's a little bit less scary.
2: Yeah, they they don't terrify me anymore. I know all their dirty secrets, so.
1: Oh, okay.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. No, I I never listened to Focused Fire Chat until Elemis and Hyvin, who was one of our old co-hosts, was on the show. which I know in the lore community is heresy. But like, I just never listened to it before.
3: So just a bit, you heathen.
2: Yeah, I know. (laughs) I need to, I need, okay. I need to be specific about this because um, that is not specific enough for people listening. I never listened to it until last August.
5: Like 2019, August. Is that specific enough? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty specific. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, like a
2: year ago, August, I'd never listened to Focused Fire Chat. Everyone's like, I've listened to it for years. I'm like, I've never listened to your show until now. <laughs> and now I'm on your show. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to be.
1: So, I got a fun question for you all. Hmm. If you could pitch a location. For an upcoming Destiny Two expansion,
6: where would we go? It could be anywhere.
2: An upcoming Destiny Two expansion. Oh, Mm.
1: yeah. Any location that you can pick for you want to go first. Team to
2: make Uh, any location that I want. The
6: oh, I want to go to Fundament. The home planet of the original hive. Yep. Good choice. I want to go to Fundament.
2: I want to go fuck up all the worm gods.
3: (laughs) Well, the ones that are still alive, at least.
2: Yep. I guess I want to be the winner. Because sword logic.
5: (laughs) Good answer.
2: Yeah. I think that's logically, that is where it would take
5: us in, in the very end.
6: That is a really good answer. So I'm going to choose something so. else. Okay. Um,
3: honestly, I think going to a planet called Torobatal <gasps> would be fun. It the is
5: Cabal the home planet, planet.
6: of all.
3: Because, like, we've seen the Leviathan, we've seen, you know, what all the different factions of you know the cabal can do I kind of want to see where they built the leviathan <laughs> and if they've got you know all the different kinds of races you know coming at us in, in like the red legion and all that I want to know what they actually have on the home planet
5: that would be interesting I have not thought about that. No, I like that. Those are good choices. (laughs) (laughs) So do you all have a favorite character in Destiny? I mean, have to
6: think about it.
5: I do, but you're not going to like my answer okay let's hear it he thick oh yeah i remember not <laughs> I, <remember that.
2: laughs> I, yep, I, I i i simp for callous so <laughs> <laughs> i'm so, a real callous so. girl
3: so i've got two answers for this one is a character only in lore so far um and the other is actually in game I like the Drifter. I love how he shows one side to everybody, but he really is this complex character with multiple motivations. And as for the in-lore character, it's an earnest little ghost, kind of naive, named Pulled Pork. I hate Uh, you
2: so much. You're the (laughs) worst. You said that on purpose. You garbage person.
1: (laughs) Huh. <laughs> oh, i like that pulled pork okay
3: <laughs> so, so pulled pork is a ghost who scanned anything and everything to find his guardian <sighs> like he scanned rebar he scanned you know junked cars he sc- scanned doot, little doot, slabs doot. of i'm gonna cement. scan this
2: rock doot,
3: doot, doot. yeah and whenever anybody would call him on it he'd well, you never know. My guardian could be really small. So like he's his, dumb shit. So like he's completely sweet. He's naive. And then he <sighs> ends up being the one who revives. Older
2: Aldrin. soft.
6: <laughs> <laughs> and like, what are the odds?
2: Aldrin's <laughs> of savior of the universe because you know well, that's like, where it's headed. So
3: I just I like that Old Pork's personality complements Aldrin. Well, Aldrin's old personality.
6: Exactly. They bring a balance to each other.
5: I like that. Nice.
1: See, I was going to say something kind of typical and boring. I was going to say Cade 6 because I think he had the best lines in the game and he made the story very interesting when I played through the campaign. The highlights were Cade 6, right? Right. So for me, I would I would typically say Cade 6 would be my favorite. But I
6: mean, if I didn't give a typical response, maybe I would say. Um, Oryx, maybe I think Oryx was a really interesting character. Going old school. He was uh, a good villain. He was really yeah, he was a really good villain and. Jumping around
4: during that raid, oh man still the death of me (laughs) i got two and one's coming back and you know beyond light oh exo Exo stranger okay because you know she's time travel exo you know just really cool like really mysterious like dug it already uh, in the beginning of destiny and the other one who is also another very powerful being uh, have, we haven't seen in a bit since Forsaken, but Mara Sof. Those, Oh, yeah, Mara. Those are my two favorite.
3: I'm a human a titan, fun. but she will always be my queen.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Those I just I like how know. strong of a character Mara is. You know, just
5: mm-hmm.
4: she doesn't take shit from no one.
5: <laughs> right. She Face
4: everything head on, you know? It's like and i just i i felt her presence in the game you know even her voice is just so powerful oh yeah kirsten potter or the person who voices her just yeah does a commanding job i feel like
3: she she brings that character to life
6: yep just oh so those are my two
5: on that note
6: what is next for the guardians of lore (sighs)
5: Oh, <sighs> um, we I have things we're still
3: trying to figure that out.
2: Yeah, we're slowly, um, our, we were, uh, we did have four co-hosts and now we're down to two, um, Hyven and Mrs. Hyvin have decided to step away from the podcast to take time for themselves. Um, because as you guys know, podcasting is a lot of work. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it would be but it is so mm-hmm. yeah so there um so it's just the two of us now so we're trying to kind of figure out like where the where we want it to go now i think yeah. we're still figuring that out so we we have guests and a firm plan of up until beyond light and then we have kind of a framework of what we want up until sort of christmas and then kind of from there we're just kind of out in the open but
5: cool very cool yeah well that that's really awesome and we're,
1: we're glad to see that you guys are still doing your thing with the podcast and that you're keeping it going i know it's not easy to have such a large change happen where like two people leave the show so it's really cool to see you guys persevere past that and to continue. So that's really cool.
2: Thanks. Yeah, it's a it's a big change, but I think it, it'll be a positive one because if if there's anything, Elmas and I are we try to stay positive. I think.
3: Yeah, like at this point, this is the team.
2: <laughs> yeah, it it is, and honestly, like Elmas, at least when it comes to. Like he's super strong with the editing and he's super strong with the lore. And I just kind of, I, I show up every week and I organize stuff. So we both have our strengths and kind of play off of each other. Yeah.
5: Yeah. And I think, you know, me and shadow
1: price have a similar dynamic where, you know, he brings his insights to the Destiny experience and I as of right now I do the editing but I I am trying to hire out so that I can free up some of my time from that because you know sometimes you realize you can't do everything you only have so much time in the day Mm -hmm. and some things you have to let go in order to have more time to do other things um so I'm working on that but uh the show will go on we're we're booked i want to say until april or may of next year at this point so i mean and i i you know i kind of book pretty far in advance because i don't want to do it often i only want to do it once or twice a year i don't want to keep doing it and yeah, it's been a great experience. I, I'm grateful, you know, and I, I think podcasting for me has been one of the coolest experiences, getting a chance to meet amazing people like yourselves, right? Like, that's really awesome. And also, I think it helped me a lot become more comfortable as a public speaker as well.
5: Mm-hmm. And
1: hosting a show, it's not the easiest thing. But once you do it for a while, you come to realize that it's not that difficult at the same time. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so we're, we're excited for both of you. And the Destiny community is a better place because you are part of it. So we're grateful to have you both in the community. And we're excited to see where you go with the Guardians of Lore and Focus Fire chat. So oh. we're excited for you both.
2: Well, thank you so much. Yeah,
3: Thank you.
1: And Guardians, on that note, we have some other stuff to talk about tonight. We're going to be talking about the darkness. The darkness is calling. We got a brand new trailer for Beyond Light. And we have some things that we saw that was really cool. We also have quite a few questions. And Bungie wouldn't do it any other way. The hype is building. And we got to see some of the characters that we will be fighting alongside and fighting literally in the next expansion with Beyond Light. And the first character, of course, being Aramis. And the trailer began with Aramis saying, Chains for centuries. We have been bound by them. We have become pawns of our own devices no longer. And that is how the trailer began. So my question
5: to you is. What what did we see on Monday with the new trailer?
3: It, like there's a, a lot to, to break down from the trailer. Um, because what we see is. The Elixir, uh, the Fallen they're finally fed up trying to fight for the the traveler
6: and so they're turning to the darkness um and we're going to end up seeing an an actual civil
3: war between the elixir um because there's aramis who wants to lead the elixir using the dark powers stasis powers and then there's Mithrax and Varix, who both want to lead the the Eliksni in their own different
6: ways
4: yeah i I like Varix too. i mean it, it's kind of like bittersweet though because like he's the one responsible for what um letting Aldrin out of the prison of elders yeah um so like I'm happy he's back in the story but at what expense like you know um it's interesting to see the dynamic form like you know he's getting frozen by Aramis in the trailer so like it's it's a kind of an interesting uh perspective that Bungie's taken with this
1: and that's really interesting to say that because I don't think Bungie paints Varix as a very strong character. He says, darkness walks among us. We are all in danger. Our kind must survive. Please send help. That sounds like a cry of desperation. He and does seem very desperate at this point. He, he seems like there's something going on that's bigger than what we've ever faced before. Because I don't think I've ever seen Variks
6: so vulnerable as we saw in this trailer. And I thought that was pretty interesting.
5: And now who are we fighting exactly?
6: As we saw in the trailer.
4: What do they call uh, the house of darkness? Basically like the new. Actually, I
3: think it's called house of salvation. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah. I, the only time that it actually came up was on Bungie's site.
4: Right. Right. Um, okay. I do remember seeing that.
3: And Some, I, I think, yeah. I think Varric's. Uh, to go back a little bit. Um, I think Varric's. Shows that vulnerability because, well, for first off, he's a prisoner at that point. You know, he's with his people, but he sees them becoming something other than Elixni because of the dark abilities. And yeah,
4: like in the trailer, he's like, these powers,
3: they are changing you, you know, like when he was talking right. to Aramis. Exactly. Um, and, you know, he talks about, you know, darkness walks among us. You know, our kind must survive. He's afraid of what's actually going to happen to the Eliksni after they, you know, fully embrace the darkness. His loyalty has only been to his own people. Like, yeah, he's, he's had alliances with Guardians and with the Awoken, but first and foremost, he puts the Eliksni
6: ahead of all the others that's really interesting because he's still part loyal to his
4: kind in a way right yeah um, Yeah. I mean they call him Variks the Loyal that's what he was called and I mean that was what his, what his tagline was I guess in D1 right Variks the Loyal
3: yeah that was his, his title
4: I suppose. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with what everything you said there. So why are we on
5: Europa? Why is that the destination for where everything is
1: kind of taking place and taking shape?
4: Is it the Exo Stranger calling us there? Like, I
2: believe so. Yeah. You know,
4: because we're obviously going to uh, meet back up with her. Yes. You know, like, hopefully they'll explain some things, because it's been a little while since we've seen her.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, just a couple of years. Yeah. Um, we've always assumed that time has traveled At the same amount of time in game as it does kind of in real life. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. So it has been, what, three years, four years since we've seen her? When did we see her last?
3: At the end of Vanilla D1.
2: Jesus. Five five years? (laughs) Five years. So it's been five Five years years since we saw her.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Almost, i have since
2: yeah. replayed d1 on my xbox so for me it's not been five years which is why i was like struggling <laughs> to remember i'm like Hello. yeah <laughs> i don't know <laughs> it's all a blur
4: yeah because she bounced right after that uh, vanilla story
2: mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so she essentially gives you a gun then says so like peace and then <laughs> you yeah never see her again yeah
4: and then we were, like, made to believe what Luke Smith said. You know, it's like, you know, he didn't. It's almost like he said that that character was never coming back. But we all knew deep inside that somehow that, that you know, we would see her again. You know, it's
1: just. Yeah. It's but I not expect it would take five years for us to see her again. <laughs> That's a long time. Right. Yeah. I think
2: they just had to wait for the right moment to bring her back. Uh, the right time yeah. in the story to bring her back. And probably Europa was a good place to do it. You know, Deep Stone Crypt, they've been um, sprinkling throughout Destiny lore and like whispers
4: ever
3: since the beginning, ever, and sa- she yeah, is ever an since XO, the beginning and right? she's an EXO, And, yeah, so.
2: you know, in Cade's journal, like he he wrote about it. Um, you know, we've just we have so little on it.
4: Yeah, I read it in the um, Taken King uh, Collector's yeah. Edition. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, that was quite the revelation when I yeah. saw that.
2: Yeah, but others than that, list. I really don't know very much about it.
4: Speaking
1: mm-hmm. of Collector's Editions,
4: oh, yeah. I'm really Did excited Did you get
2: about yours this. in the mail?
1: No, but it's coming either tomorrow or Saturday. Rain
2: Blue and I were talking. They both got theirs.
1: What? Oh, that's
4: so mm-hmm. cool nice i
3: should have ordered one is it
4: pretty I awesome i did
2: not order it either
4: so. <sighs> i had one ordered and i canceled it
2: i did not sad order face
4: it. i'll, I'll I just live the... vicariously through corns uh yeah you know, collection
2: yeah
4: i, I only really wanted it regret. for
3: the uh i i only really wanted it for the book the actual lore that comes with it so
2: yeah
3: um and since raid secrets the, the subreddit for raid secrets has been posting all that stuff and i i'm good
5: yep
4: i mean that that uh, piece of darkness uh looks pretty cool though the way it glows like oh and, yeah and it looks it really looks cool. cool yeah it definitely does
1: yeah i mean i think for me i just i really appreciate Bungie for what they do with Destiny and you know if for nothing more than to support them I think it's cool that they give us that opportunity for what was it 150 bucks
5: mm-hmm.
1: and you were able to get like a whole collector's edition with a bunch of extra things and you know like let me give you an example I have a collector's edition from the vanilla Destiny game for with the original Ghost with dinklage oh that's so cool oh
4: wow that's
1: that's really cool to have as a yeah i got one too (laughs) i can't i can't think of too many things like looking back in five years that i would think man i i i'm happy i have this and any destiny item that i that i own i think
5: it's very sentimental and special to me so it was worth it
6: that's cool
5: yeah so but
1: going back to the beyond light trailer we also got a new webpage on bungee.net and the main characters that would that will be telling the story and that will give us all of the insights with beyond light where, where we got a little bit of information about them we have varics and here's what they say about Varix. After killing after excuse me, after helping Oldronsov escape from prison of elders, Varix has only recently emerged from hiding. An uneasy ally in the fighting against Aramis. He is shrewd opportunist who wants to do good, even if his choices are suspect. And I think that's really interesting. That's a really interesting way for them to
5: describe Varix. Um, and pretty much he was hiding. So I'm curious, what was he, what was he hiding from?
3: Honestly, I don't know. Um, the last time we saw Varix was at the very end of the most loyal lore book and he just declared himself Kel of House Judgment and then left the Prison of Elders and that was right after letting Aldrin and a few other inmates out like he caused the prison break that you go and and try and stop
6: in Forsaken
5: Mm -hmm. yeah
6: so it, it, he could be hiding from retribution from that, from the Awoken. Um, it, to me, it, it sounded like he was a prisoner. So I, I don't know. Like
5: It's going to be interesting to see what's
3: really happened to him.
1: I think I think his absence is very interesting because it makes you wonder where was he? What did he go through and what was he hiding from? Are there secrets that he has? That he doesn't want other people to know.
4: Even from the trailer, you can see that the exo stranger is already always already suspect of him. Just the way he's like communicating over that uh you know device and then she's just standing in the back approaching slowly like so there's already like some suspicion there too that you can draw right from that trailer alone
1: yeah and then we have aramis and here's what Bungie says about aramis the deadly Kell of Darkness seeks to restore the glory of her people, to exact revenge on the Traveler for abandoning them, to forge elixir, culture anew, free from the weight of its past, now imbued with the power of stasis. She has found the ultimate tool
5: to archive her aims. That's pretty powerful.
1: Sounds like that, motive, that right makes there. Really sound like a really powerful
5: individual in the game. Yeah, and she I wants mean, to. She wants to seek revenge
1: on the traveler. Now, I'm curious. Didn't they kill the traveler?
3: We don't quite know what actually happened to the traveler. Um. There have been plenty of theories, like you know, Rasputin shot at it, or you know, all we you always know is that hear that it
4: was pursued by the ancient enemy. Its ancient enemy, like the dark right, and
3: and you know? we figured that that was the pyramid ships. Um, mm-hmm. the only
6: thing I I am gonna
3: give a little bit of history on is the fact that before humanity got the traveler it was with the elixir which is why they're so fascinated by it
4: they referred and, to it as the great machine
3: right trailer. right they even said you know or they even referred to it as the great machine in the uh the trailer mm-hmm. um but that's why they model servitors the way they do that's why they have a fascination with machines it's because they had the traveler and that became such a large part of their culture that when it left they were devastated and they
6: were trying to figure out ways to
3: essentially fill that hole by creating you know servitors and and all kinds of other machines
4: you could almost understand and have empathy in a way for them, you know, because yeah. they, they were abandoned, basically, like you said. And like what is said in this little passage right here, you know, the traveler abandoned them, you know, and it's exactly. Yeah. And they saw it. They saw it as a god. And that's why they you like you said this, they model their servitors like after the traveler.
5: and that's
6: exactly it
5: Mm -hmm. that makes total sense
4: that's why like the fallen seems so much like a fractured race you know it's like they they're scavengers you know by nature because of you know just being abandoned like that you know that they've had to fight and claw and scratch for everything that they've gotten
2: well yeah they lost everything Mm-hmm. I mean when you have everything and you have your golden age and then suddenly it's been snatched away from you. Like You can like,
4: understand why they would be yeah, upset. Exactly.
2: Yeah. So I mean you can understand also like why this why this faction of fallen are suddenly like yeah, screw you circle gang now we're triangle gang like <laughs> you
4: know. <laughs> yeah, in the purest of terms for yeah, yeah. absolutely.
3: and and, and that's the thing like they viewed the traveler as their god and then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. god abandons them they're gonna look for a new god
4: yeah that makes it makes sense it really does like I feel like this story makes sense more than any story that's happened in destiny so (laughs) far and that's why I'm excited for Beyond Light
5: (laughs) oh
2: yeah no I'm so excited three more weeks
4: Mm -hmm.
1: definitely it's it's hard to believe that we're just three weeks away going through all the delays that we had to go through and all the craziness but yeah it's it's exciting um i'm very excited to play and we did also learn a little bit more about the exo stranger and how the exo stranger will be involved in beyond light and Bungie states The mysterious Exo has not even seen. Okay, the mysterious Exo has not been seen since the fall of the Black Garden. With exceptional insight into the future, she has made Europa her home. Her experience will guide Guardian's understanding of the power of stasis well we know where we're getting stasis from (laughs) yeah and i bet the exo stranger will serve kind of like your marasov in the what is it called your story agent yeah yeah she's going to be the storyteller
3: destination vendor
2: yeah it's the the destination vendor yeah
1: yeah so that's that's cool and it's going to be really nice to see the Exo Stranger come back. Did you all get the Exo Stranger statue from Numskull Games?
5: I did. Not. I did.
4: I did. One of my favorite characters. I know, I yes, didn't. I had to have it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I I did pick it up because I have an addiction with Destiny. So you know, I, I pick <laughs> everything up in Destiny. <laughs> I've spent so much money on Beyond Light and it's OK. It, it's going to be worth it. But oh, man. Oh, man. And now <laughs> they, have the,
5: they have this jacket
1: and then the ray jacket. And it's oh like, when the is it going to end? Cool.
2: The jacket's super cool and I want it. Yeah,
1: I want the jacket. See, I, I didn't
2: the- buy any. I didn't buy the collector's edition for any of it. Like I just bought the normal like deluxe edition from Steam. Because I knew, I was like, I'll buy the Steam Edition because I had waited and waited and waited to buy it because I just didn't have the money. And then they were like, oh, hey, it's going to be on Game Pass. And I'm like, sweet, don't have to buy it. I'll just buy it on Steam. Yeah. So I didn't even have to buy I, that the was game on the Xbox. That was our exact
4: feeling too, because
5: yeah.
4: the season transfers over, if I'm not uh, yep, mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Xbox yeah. will be the place we'll be playing on console on Series yeah. X. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, it's
1: I'm in the same boat because here's the thing. I bought the collector's edition without the game itself, because I know that, you know, Green Man Gaming usually either hooks up a copy of Beyond Light or they um, have like different a little deals available, yeah. little discounts here and there. So I ended up picking up Beyond Light from Green Man Gaming. Same. Because I think they had like a 20% discount, whatever. So I figured 20% off. I save a little money. Why not? Let's do it. And then if they give us some free copies, we'll do some giveaways. So, you know, it works out. Um, Win-win. Exactly. It's win-win. And... um. I also got the Strangers Edition statue because that was available without the game, but only from Amazon. And I think briefly they had it available for like $59.99. And then they updated the price to $69.99. But at that point, you know, I already had my order. So for 60 bucks, I save a little money. I get more (laughs) and then Bungie comes out with the jacket.
5: And
1: they come out. And they come out with the T-shirt and man, this is bad. And you know what? And I stopped buying shirts and I stopped buying shirts because I have so many. I probably have one for every day of the week for two weeks. So, you know, I don't need another T-shirt and the moments of Triumph shirt. It looks kind of cool, but you know, I already have like two of them. So it's like, do I need a third? Probably not.
2: I got it because I like having my name on it.
1: See, I have my name they on the do. first one. And here's what here's what I don't like. And maybe it's because I'm not doing my laundry the right way. But for some reason, after so many years, like the shirts start, you know, developing holes. They they're not in the same condition as they were in when you first got it. You're you know,
2: washing your shirts wrong.
1: Okay, so I'm just not doing it right. Okay. Doing well it wrong. awesome. In yeah. thirty-four years of my life, I don't know
3: how to do laundry, right? No. Thanks <laughs>
5: it's
3: good, it's You're great. welcome. love it. <laughs> don't go bad, Julia. She does that to me all the time. <laughs> mm.
1: You're doing well it wrong. well, you know, now we know what I need to do to fix it so that I don't have holes in my twenty-five, thirty-five dollar t-shirts.
2: Inside out. On cold, delicate cycle, don't fill up the washer so much. Okay,
1: you heard it here on the Destiny Show: <laughs> How to do your laundry <laughs> so your shirts don't end up like my shirts. Thank you. Well,
2: also, they're just going to get holes in them because they're shitty cotton. So,
1: okay, yeah. so maybe maybe Bungie needs to step up their game with the quality of their t-shirts. Hmm. The shirts
2: are so nice, though.
1: I know, right? That's the tough part. I love their shirts.
2: I have so many of them. I'm like you. I have like 30 shirts that are just like all of my shirts are just Destiny shirts at this point.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you can ask my coworkers. I literally wear a new Destiny shirt every day of of the week and they think there's something seriously wrong with me. And I'm like, yeah, I just you know (laughs) it's a problem. But uh, but it's cool shirts. I like the shirts. Mm -hmm. So don't judge me.
2: Oh, no judgment here. No judgment here.
4: So Shadow Price, how many shirts do you have?
5: <laughs>
4: uh, not 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 20, not 30. Maybe like 8 or 9, I think. Oh man, you got to step it up, brother.
1: <laughs> we got to get you some more shirts. Okay. <laughs> we'll get there.
3: I've got under 10. Yeah. Oh man.
1: We're we're in the same. Ellis, you really got to step up your game. Oh man, we need to get you some shirts.
5: <laughs> they have some cool ones right now.
2: They have all the moon stuff right now.
3: Eh, like once I helped, cool. er, once I helped Eris get over her fire team. I'm I'm done with the moon. Oh, is <laughs> cool.
2: Spoopy moon.
3: I don't know. I'm all about Europa. I,
4: I'm, I'm liking what I see out of there. I like snowy environments yes. in games.
5: I like and snowy
1: environments in games. I don't like snowy environments in real life. I like, I'm snow. in Florida now. I'm not in New York. And let me tell you, it is so nice to go outside in October and it's sunny and nice and not cold. Like, I'm actually excited about having my first Christmas without snow
2: is that wrong
3: does that make me a bad person
2: no absolutely not Mm.
3: and see i come from southern california where it's literally four different types of summer all year round (laughs) so like (laughs) but now i'm currently living in uh the dc area in virginia and like the first winter i was out here it it snowed and i was like what the heck is this so like (laughs) i'm good with it i and i'm i'm stoked beyond belief for for europa
4: i'm i'm excited for the the real-time weather like i'll be honest yeah yeah. exactly it's the little things like that that just really really excite me because it it just shows attention to detail that Bungie is willing to pour their all into this, you know? Mm -hmm. So
3: I just wonder how that system is actually going to work. Whether it's, it's, it's going to work off of like a public event timer kind of thing, or if it's going to be just randomly, you know, high winds and, and snow or what
4: they've got some sort of algorithm that sounds like it's pretty sophisticated from the way they described it in the, that uh that blog.
3: Ah, and and that just makes me more excited.
4: Yeah, same. I'm kind of a weather buff a little bit.
3: <laughs> like
1: thinking back to the first time playing Destiny 2 on my PC and how crazy cool everything looked. Seeing it for the first time, I'm very excited to see how Bungie is able to push the game forward technologically with the environments that we're going to be you know seeing with how the weather affects gameplay and and what we're doing and i know bungie is really good at creating a very immersive experience with whatever they're building and the technological advances that we're seeing with xbox and playstation and nvidia i think it's gonna really create a lot of awesome opportunities for bungie to really push the game forward in ways that we have never seen before and i don't think it's gonna be so much in terms of like the massive scale of the content itself but i think the quality of what we're going to get is going to be much much higher than what we had before
6: and i'm excited for that same. Completely agree. Yeah. Yep. And,
1: and we do have a few more characters to dive into before we talk about the latest news from Bungie.
5: <gasps> First
1: one, Eris Morn, a survivor of unspeakable horrors. Eris is a former hunter who has just de- de- dedicated her life to understanding and defeating the darkness now she answers the exo stranger's call and the lure of stasis that's really interesting because i think eris morn has always been one of my favorite characters in the game she's very mysterious you don't know a whole lot about her and even like from a very early point in the game In the original Tower, we always wondered, like, is she a bad guy? Is she a good guy? Like, who's what's up with her? Like, you couldn't fully trust her. You didn't really know. And it's interesting to see how she's becoming kind of the bridge. To defeating the darkness, because she understands the darkness. More than.
6: Most other characters in the game.
4: Completely. It's accurate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've always, like, you know, kind of been tied to her in a way. Like, we've always kind of, she's kind of, you know, it, it's, we do things that she, we've been, we've been trying to, you know, we had to take care of Oryx, we had to take care of Crota, and then she shows back up for Shadowkeep, for the nightmares, you know, we, we've always felt connected to Eris in some way, you know, so it's and it's going to continue in to be on light so so here's my question for you all how will eris Morn play a role
1: in this upcoming expansion will she be a really big character that will be a very important piece in defeating the enemy that will will be fighting with the darkness
2: mm. I think she will be a piece. I think she'll be someone who doesn't keep her hands in her pockets and she'll just keep touching stuff she shouldn't be touching. Because huh. that's all she does. Yeah. It's touch <laughs> things. Every single you like time we some- <laughs> see her in a cut scene, she's touching stuff that she's like, oh, I'm going to touch this orb on this like statue plinth. And then she gets this like evil cackle that she has or I'm going to go, you know, under this tree and touch this sea and go crazy or I'm going to touch this other thing over. Stop touching. She's like stuff. a small child. You know, stop You got to tell her to stop
3: touching like, things.
2: Touching things.
3: Eris. <laughs> like, I hate that I'm agreeing with you on this.
2: Stop it. <laughs>
3: um, but I I'm picking out the part where it, it literally says and the lure of stasis. I wonder if she's going to help us understand the stasis abilities.
5: Oh, that's
2: a good question.
3: Because we know that because she doesn't have her ghost anymore, she either has a a really tough time channeling the light or she can't anymore. So what if she dives into the stasis abilities as well?
6: And it's like we're learning how to control them together. That's
5: a very interesting thought. Yeah. And I don't know if you'll agree with me on this, but
1: I think this could be the expansion where Eris Morn has to be closer to our guardian and we have to work closer together. I don't think she's going to be just standing behind like she has been in a shadow cape where she's just the character who guides us. I think that she will have to be in on the action and
5: fight with us to bring any kind of peace
4: in the world. Well, we know there's going to be a three-way dialogue between Exo Stranger, Drifter, and... Eris Morn, you know, they to be in a three-way? What? <laughs> they, <laughs> didn't I mean, say that. <laughs> v- Three way.
2: Watch
1: it.
2: <laughs> I mean.
4: But it's just the way they set it up. You know, the, the original trailer they showed us for Beyond Light, where they all meet up, you know, and they, they obviously have something to say to one another. You know, we're obviously drawn to Europa, you know, for a reason. So Yeah, it's going to be interesting dynamic. Again, I know I said that earlier, but yeah.
2: Ares is also kind of our ambassador to the Hive, um, ambassador to sword logic, to that whole side of the Destiny lore. And that, I I hate to say content, but that part of the content and the darkness is kind of sandwiched in with that, especially with like the whole Savathun, Witch Queen, expansion that we're expecting in a couple of years. Um obviously the one that comes after Beyond Light. So who's to say a eris will not be included in that as well unless, you know, something happens that we don't know about yet. There's a whole year between now and then. But you know, if Aeris is still alive between now and then, because who knows what is gonna happen. Um honestly she'll probably play a fairly large part. In the story, so it it is really hard for me to believe that Eris won't be a large part of a story that involves Savathun.
4: Yeah, it's something interesting that Bunchy said at one point. Where sorry,
2: Alamist I know it pains you. I can can hear (laughs) your agony.
4: (laughs) Said that the characters they have now, they're kind of going forward with that they're going to be with us for a while Mm -hmm. because they feel like those are the you know they're telling the story that they want to tell with those characters. So. Yeah. Yeah.
6: It's going to be interesting to see how the story progresses, not only in Beyond
1: Light, but for years to come. And then lastly, we have the Drifter. Smooth talker, scavenger, hustler. The Drifter is all of those things. Boasted, of his connection to the darkness
5: for him it's not about the right or wrong it's about
4: survival i like that is our choice says we're going to be a dredgen or we're going to go with uh what is it oran or or oh, yeah. oran or- yeah is Other that going to play is that going to play into
3: you know like no,
4: Oops. anything
3: here. I, I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason I don't think so is it's it's going back to um, the invitations of the nine that we did during season of the Drifter, because mm-hmm. they specifically call out three different characters, um, and how you know it, we are the fourth one, or we're working with those three. Oh
4: yeah, like they yeah. said, the blade is sharpened anew. The,
3: the the forgotten blade sharpened anew. Yeah, which I say is Eris. Eris. Yep. There's the hourglass of the infinite patience. The extra has waited. Sit, you know, five or six years. Yep. Yep. And then drifter.
4: Yep.
6: So like, I I think, I think everything that we've done.
3: For the last two years has been leading specifically to this
4: that is a very very true statement i feel like you're making there and it's like funny like if you knew what they were talking about that time you know when they gave that description of those characters like you would yeah. know kind of like what bungie was heading towards for the next uh uh you know expansion i guess you know so
1: Exactly. I'm just happy to see that there's a plan. There's a plan for all of this. And
4: yeah, they're connecting that, the 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 connecting tissue is more there. I feel like now than there was before. Definitely. Oh yeah.
1: Yes, that that's really exciting, and I I think that they're doing some really cool things, and it's going to be interesting to see how the story progresses in beyond light a lot of things to be excited about a lot of things to look forward to
4: yeah they thought a lot about this like it all says in the name beyond light you know it's just if you even just take that name and you look at it and you dissect it and then you look at everything that we're you know we're seeing happen you know it just it's kind of like symbolism at its finest
1: Yeah, and before we dive into some Destiny news, I am curious where do you think the game is going to go next year? Because we kind of have an idea for what the next expansion is going to be The Witch well. Queen. The Witch Queen. And then the one after that, Lightfall. As Guardians of Lore. If you were to make a prediction for where the story is going beyond, beyond light. Beyond, beyond light. (laughs) Beyond, beyond light. Where do you think we're going in the Witch Queen and Lightfall?
7: Mm. Orchid,
3: do you want to take this one first or should I?
2: Sure. I I mean, with the Witch Queen, that's (laughs) what... So there's kind of a joke on our podcast. Elmist really, he dislikes the fact that everyone attributes every single little thing to Savathun. And Bungie actually kind of calls us out on it in one of the most recent lore books. Um, Truth to Power? No, there's in, um, actually it's in the singular exeget, I think. Oh, okay. Isn't it Elmist? I think so. Yeah, there's an entry that heiress writes in her own journal about how everything is Savathun, or how she like how guardians all think that heiress like she's like she hears what guardians call her on the comms, and how like everyone thinks she's like the witch queen or something, and all these things that all of us called her um, <laughs> back from D one and in D two like. On Reddit and stuff, and it's the same kind of thing, like saying everything is Savathun, and it's we're finally getting to that point. The Witch Queen is is what people call Savathun, like that. That is Savathun is the Witch Queen. So I'm I'm hoping to finally wrap that up because my God, like I see why Elmas is so exhausted by it. <laughs> At first, it was very funny to kind of needle him.
6: <laughs>
2: like, like,
3: yeah. yeah sorry go ahead because <laughs> like when we first got D, uh, D2 like there was that Savathun song strike and it was like alright that's going to be the next big hive and then if <laughs> I know where he's anything, going with this and then if anything even remotely sounded like it could have been a trick it was always attributed to Savathun And then the lore book truth to power comes out Mm -hmm. and that is pure Savathun. And it's like, all right, this is starting to get out of control. And then they just play right into it even more with like the crown of sorrow and onward. And it's like, all right, I'm getting done with this. Let's Mm -hmm. kill her and move
4: on. (laughs) Yeah. Because if you think about it, it's a whole six years before we confront like another hive-like god, like, you know, other than Oryx. You know, it's like we finally get Savathun six years later after the Taken King.
5: Yeah. You know,
4: it's like, what a way to drag a
3: story out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And and to be honest, like, there were the the three siblings. Oryx was the navigator. Savathun was all about trickery. Mm -hmm. I want to face the third sister. Seborath. Wrath her defining uh, trait was war war,
4: war. yep like She's the if war, Oryx
3: sister. was that like if Oryx was that bad with navigating i want to see the sister that is pure
6: war mhm yeah
5: that would be pretty great and then
2: at least when it comes to um what's the last one called lightfall lightfall well i think we can guess what that one's about
3: that's uh, all in the name too
2: i'm on hashtag evil traveler team hashtag evil traveler um since the beginning because i don't trust things that have tiny robots that tell me what to do that just give me a gun and then say shoot these things and i'm usually one to be like but why and so i don't trust that even if they seem evil, but I mean, are they though in the end? Maybe, but I'd like to make that decision for myself. I'm yeah, more of an you, effort. I'm more of an Like, can I just not like, can that to be
4: a work title too? I mean, so it might be yeah, something different.
2: Exactly. But, but, but
4: just from the caption itself, you can see the triangle ship over the traveler. Basically yeah. like kind of like inside, you know, so it's like yeah. what you're saying has a little weight and merit yeah. to mm-hmm.
2: it. Yeah. And so it's like it's, I don't know. Um we also we also had that moment in um the God, I don't I don't know any of the names of the seasons from this year because I just they they just fly over my head. And season I'm just like, arrivals, Oh, it's this, season it's of the worthy. Season, this, I think it's a season of the worthy. When we went into, um, when we did the. Bunkers. Oh gosh. When we went into the corridors of time. Was oh, season that,
4: of
3: dawn.
2: So, was that season of dawn? Okay. Yeah. And we got bastion. Yes. From all Where of we that.
3: The greatest Titan of all. Yeah.
2: Well, we saved the greatest Titan of all. So his husband could be with him. Yes. Um, <laughs> the greatest love story of all time that when we when we built a you know just time and time shattering sundial in order for love to transcend all <sighs> my you heart do, do
3: that with, for a drinking buddy
2: <laughs> he, yeah, totally did that, yeah, you do that for a drinking no. <laughs> do that for drinking buddy anyway um so when we did that like people were saying that that was our own grave i have doubts but if i'm wrong then we have to get there eventually somehow and yeah maybe
4: that's wow i mean that would be right the writing in this game is phenomenal. The writers are, they're phenomenal. Like the, the way they write the lore and just, you know, they try to tie it in and they're doing a better job. I feel like they're doing a better job at tying it in. to Honestly, the Honestly,
2: I think they pay attention to the little details and they have sticky notes everywhere. And they are Charlie Day with like the red string all over the office. and they are are the lore like meme of the chalkboard (laughs) or the whiteboard with all the stuff taped to it like i feel like that is just bungee themselves like trying to tie it all together
7: and, That's then there's really us, like, That's really and then funny. there's us
2: making youtube videos trying to be like are you sure this is what you're doing they're like yes we have a plan like trust us on this we're like okay
4: the thousands of strands that they're trying to
2: yeah you know, so when we point out know. like well this is an obvious hole they're like just wait two years it won't be we have a plan like you know what they are doing 82
3: like 82 step plan
2: yeah we just need to, to be patient um Stuff will come back. Like, obviously, Exo Stranger came back. Like, holes will be filled in. Lightfall. Build it, they will come. Yeah, exactly. Lightfall (laughs) will be cool. Witch Queen, I'm just vibrating with excitement because I really want Elemis to have his day.
3: I want to do that raid. Like,
2: That's literally like I, it's it's not even for me that I am excited for. It's the fact that like he wants to kill her so bad.
3: <laughs> that I want it you to guys happen. Have no idea.
2: You really don't. <laughs> like this is the yeah. one thing that would like take care of everything and it would write all of 2020 if this one thing happened. <laughs> <laughs> it would wipe away this entire
5: year.
6: <laughs> That's funny. So.
5: Yeah. For for Mm -hmm.
3: for for what I think about Lightfall, I'm like it. It's still early, so a lot of it is just going to be like spitballing ideas. But I wonder if that's actually when we start learning about the Traveler and go against the light at that (gasps) point.
5: Oh,
2: do you think that's what? Do you think we're going to be able to go inside? I want to go in the Traveler. I don't know. I want to go inside it.
4: Mifty like, Biscuit brought up a good point. Um, I'm sorry. I um, just wanted to point this out. He said, "I have a feeling that after Lightfall, we're going on the offensive outside of our system to take down the remaining superpowers of the different races." Outside of our system. That's a good. That's a good uh,
2: thought. Oh, that'd be great.
3: Yeah, because so far, our system is like it literally ends at the reef fundament which is the at the asteroid belt
2: let's go fundament <laughs> calling it right now bringing show me together. fundament <laughs> bringing it all together
4: <laughs>
2: orchids calling it now going to fundament
3: uh Toribatol, anybody
2: Oh, that would be great. I super want to go there because I want it to be all like grossly silver and not gold and just have like Callus was thrown out because of his like gold affinity because he wasn't like a silver gang. He was gold gang.
3: No, like I'm wondering if if he took. uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) Now you're
1: really going back.
3: (laughs) I'm, I'm wondering, like, if he took all the gold specifically for the Leviathan,
2: Oh, it just left so everything like, else. It's just concrete. Right. <laughs> like, right. Cinder Cinderblock city. It's just terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, the Lord does say that like all of the beautiful um, like poetry and culture that they had was kind of abandoned for this military um, a despot that they kind of have in charge now. And that's why he was kind of thrown out. So he could have taken all of that with him. Do that does actually fit with the lore. Mm-hmm. That's right. I Guys, I read the lore sometimes.
6: <laughs>
2: what
3: and, and, and fun note, the despot is actually Callus' daughter, Kayadal.
2: Yep. Which we learn about on the fourth Horseman. Shotgun. Yep. Mm. And
3: Shotgun. when she overthrew her father, it was the Midnight Coup.
2: It was.
4: Her
3: farger. Oh,
5: her
2: farger, really? Evil. <laughs> really great yeah
4: 150 hand cannon i did not know that that's really cool speaking of 150 hand cannons oh man i was just thinking that this week we have a we have
1: a spicy weekly update this week a lot of information a lot of stuff and shadow price do you want to fill us in with what's going on with hand cannons
4: Well, they said that they're making changes to give hand-cannon subfamilies more diversity and more reasons to use each. So their first uh, order of business here is uh, 110 meet 120. So they're basically taking the archetype of 110s and converting them to 120, increasing the rate of fire from 110 to 120, broke out aggressive hand-cannons, allowing it custom-tuning and stats, Example, it's damage fall for 100 range in the subfamily now starts at 32 meters. So, um, yeah. So they go on to say that adaptive and precision, um, they say that the range stat now has more impact on minimum damage fall off range for both archetypes. The damage fall for 100 range now starts at 25 meters, was 20 meters. Um, for a precision hand cannon so that's uh gonna make i think one i think it's gonna make these can cannons more viable because they're already they're increasing the rate of fire and they're getting a range increase so that kind of bodes well for these um hand cannons i feel like now they might become you know more part of people's arsenal
2: Yeah. I'm not a hand cannon person. I am. They're really good in, um, in crucible. And I think they are used more, uh, on PC than they are on console. Honestly.
4: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I can, yeah. PC because they just, you have the tighter aiming and the, bullet magnetism and things like that you know you're not fighting your weapon and i hope that they will alleviate that when the new consoles come out like it'll be more you know it'll be a smoother like uh play with those guns and everything so yeah i mean i think it's a good change to make
1: hand cannons a more viable option i like that because i enjoy using hand cannons in the game um and you know for them to be more viable in different activities i think that would, that's just
6: a
5: positive change in my opinion
3: yeah i agree with that i i use a lot of hand cannons um and it, like i'm i'm actually excited about the these specific changes um because it, and i'm i'm jumping ahead a little bit um Because all lightweight hand cannons, which are the 150 rate of fires. Are going to be 140 rate of fire now. So all the adaptive and precision changes that they're making are going to be going to
6: the new 140s as well.
3: So not forgotten is going to have even more range
2: wait are you serious that's gross (laughs) i'm already disgusting with my not forgotten that is gross i'm gonna have to get that back out oh man time to click some like click heads
3: like i mean not forgotten it is becoming a 140 adaptive and then you know range stat now has more impact on the damage fall off range
4: not forgotten. What's that? I mean, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what that is cuz I seems oh, like right. I'm that chasing that thing that's something. getting sunset. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, it does say one exotic hand cannon will retain 150 uh rate of fire. So
3: Yeah. Um, oh, and I I love the bullets there.
2: Yeah, they're not going to leave it to speculation. It's beautiful. That solar damage. It makes enemies explode in sunshot. <laughs> why does that need five bullets (laughs) (laughs) who writes these
4: (laughs) yeah i know right
2: (laughs) they write twabs like i write reports at work (laughs) and then i get in trouble for it
3: Um, they they write twabs like how you write our our you know this week at guardians of lore
2: (laughs) yes this is true (laughs) i should work for bunchy Oh, God. Working at bungee. I mean,
4: sure. <laughs> the thing they went on to go say about the 150 lightweight hand cannons, uh, they said it represents the majority of hand cannon usage in the Crucible. While we experimented with many different ways to even out the lightweights, the 150 rate of fires and adaptive 140 rate of fires, lightweight hand cannons consistently retained a faster time to kill. As such, we opted to equalize the rate of fire. So they selected the 140 to balance out the Crucible Sandbox, and it gives other weapon archetypes more time to breathe between shots, avoids an overabundance of hand cannons with faster time to kill and other weapons, and pairs nicely with changes to 600 rate of fire auto rifles. And they say more on that below. So, final thoughts on hand cannons changes?
2: I don't use them, so I don't care.
4: (laughs) Uh, Okay. (laughs)
3: I do use them. But I'm excited about it. 140s are my jam.
1: The last thing that I want to say is make not forgotten great again. Thank you. Oh my God,
2: it's
4: How getting about sunset not
3: forgotten. <laughs> it's getting How about sunset. <laughs> How about
2: unsunset it? How about unsunset those weapons that took me over a year to earn because I worked really hard for them, Mungy?
1: Please and thank you.
2: Unsunset things that I worked hard for. Thank you. I will get off my now.
3: Box. Now, what if they do the whole? redrick's effect for
6: luna's and not forgotten where like if you earned
3: it previously it's automatically get a new
4: version or whatever you You get a
3: new version or it's in the loot pool and you can get it they haven't said anything about that though
1: yeah as shadow price said they didn't say anything about that so i feel like if they gave us bad news and there was good
4: news also to share they probably would share the good news also. They knew that these pinnacle weapons were very powerful and sometimes broke the game uh mountaintop, you know. So, I mean, it's yeah. they're kind of they're trying to get away from those a little bit. You know, and but, it's but, like go ahead. The thing I'm coming to do is why would they specifically call
5: out the exclusion and not forget Yeah, that's
4: interesting. That's a Did, really yeah: yeah they 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 say those, and then they don't elaborate on it though. They don't elaborate whether right. that there's going to be a you know new version of those, which they're very right. would well, there very well could be because what what have they been doing? They've been saying that they were going to reissue some of these weapons. so draw what conclusion you will
6: <laughs> it's, it's just like i of why a month ago I decided
5: oh, hey now you can pull rhetoric questions why is that a thing just as it's sunset
6: that's a good point <laughs> so like i've got all, all these we're gonna get the redrics
5: I
2: hope so. I hope you're right.
5: Yeah, me too.
1: Um, I don't like the idea of something that you had to work so hard to get for them to just get rid of. Even if it means that weapon is too powerful, the answer should never be, we're just going to take it away from you. I just don't agree with that. Um, I think that... In a situation like this, they have to design future weapons with balance in mind to the best of their ability because it's, it's difficult to create a weapon and then not really have any data behind you know everybody using it and to be able to really tell how it's going to impact the game. It's just that they don't have the resources to do all of that.
6: And... I think that, you know, part of it is just, you know, Destiny being a live
1: service game. And sometimes you just, you can't really predict things ahead of time like you would fully want.
4: They've never been able to really balance it like the way they want to. So it's like they kind of had to remove these outliers I think, I think in, I think that, in some remove That's a different word. Just like, because you can't use man-gain content, but you can go in normal Crucible and use these still. Obviously, they had to adjust Mountaintop, which we're going to get into here in a little bit. But it's just, they've never been able to like, you know, just, they've never been able to, yeah. To Find the balance. Yeah, the, per- and, the and balance. I think, yeah.
1: I think part of it is the fact that Destiny is a fantasy shooter where you are encouraged to be a powerful guardian and in that spirit they can't build weapons that are boring and abilities that are boring so ultimately you know we talked about this before but looking at all the data that we have and what destiny is i don't think destiny can be a Uh, competitive esports kind of game because it's a power fantasy and for you to maintain that power fantasy
4: shit needs to break why do you think we haven't gotten a crucible like uh update here with uh, talking anything about beyond light the crucible changes or anything they they're gonna let it run wild man it's gonna be like the wild wild west yeah (laughs) i mean look at stasis look what it's gonna do in crucible it's just gonna break it's gonna break it
1: (laughs) I think that's that's okay because you know as long as they can get rid of the cheaters who are like really impacting the games in a negative way and it sounds like they're doing that and we didn't quite talk about this but Bungie actually sued a major distributor of
4: um, Sent a cease and desist yeah to Perfect Aim
1: Perfect Aim yeah Yeah. and they they sent a, a note and Perfect Aim removed the bot that was allowing for players to get an unfair advantage in the crucible using their tools. So they are being more proactive about, you know, trying to make the crucible experience better. But ultimately I don't think that they need to make decisions on weapons based on, Oh, the crucible is going to get too broken because of this, because ultimately I think they're fighting two battles, right? Because The nature of having Crucible is having balance. But the nature of building a game that's a power fantasy. It's the way their
4: game operates. Yeah,
1: it's you have to create things that are going to be really powerful and fun to use. And that's what's going to bring people into the game. And that's that's going to make the game fun. And it's going to piss people off, too, because it's not fun getting killed by, you know, whatever ability that they're going to introduce or whatever weapons that are going to be broken <laughs> that's what the game is right like i remember the time that um what is that weapon in the vault of glass um
4: vex method class
1: The vex method class it was deadly but i mean uh, are yeah. we upset are we upset that that experience happened no it's like it's one of those things that made the game special it made that time kind of fun so i think that bungie should kind of embrace that you're going to have a time when a new content is out and there's one weapon that's
4: going to be extremely
1: broken and that's yeah the meta is going
4: to shift it's going to change with some of these things you know changing embrace the praxic fire (laughs) (laughs) got this so what else do we have here for? Oh, we got my babies next sniper rifles. Um, <clears throat> they say they want the sniper rifles to feel powerful without being so easy to use that they dominate. So they go on to go. They adjusted how aim assist is affected by sniper rifle zoom level. Lower zoom scopes have less aim assist. Higher zoom scopes have more. Scopes with around 50 zoom are unchanged. The lowest scopes have a large reduction in aim assist coning angle and the highest zoom scopes have a small increase. So yeah, they're going to, they're going to touch those. That's probably going to make it a little bit more. They're going to, they're going to rate and reel it in a little bit. Cause yes, I, even I know that they're pretty insane right now. Like the revoker is just, it's absolutely nuts. Like and I have to use it because they, that's what I'm going against when I'm playing in the Crucible right now. You know, it's just you can't out a revoker, and it is a one shot kill with that with the way that sniper rifle is utilized.
2: But if you have a good eye of soul, you can.
4: Right? Yeah, the aim assist on that one is really good too. Yeah,
2: because that's just the new revoker without it giving you back bullets
4: right and it is coming forward because it just came in in the season of worthy so good point
2: yep just get a good eye of soul you'll be good
4: yeah i got one i I got i don't know what the role is but i'll check it out later uh anybody else anything to add about snipers um just
1: nerf them i i don't like snipers i don't like getting killed by snipers Please like get good scrub. And, and and you know what oh snap. you're right but like <laughs> i go in the crucible and it's like on fucking die and it's like dude like stop sniping like do something else you mean i can't do anything i can't freaking do anything about it because i'm not a sniper so it's like i have nothing to combat a sniper from like 20 miles away So nope. like, get you close just, bro
2: just take get it
1: close. Get nope. close, like
2: nope. Just take uh, take the the venting in in your skull. Enjoy the air conditioning.
1: Good thing I have
4: central air. <laughs> let me oh, tell yeah. you. Oh my god do do I see do I see a scout rifle sighting <gasps> a yeah. what a what a what is that
1: scout rifle I'm
2: re- i seeing scout, scout rifle. rifle. I don't know, considering that they completely ignore them all the time, and that's the only thing I want to use in this game.
4: Well, let's get let's get through the auto rifles really quick, and then we'll talk about scouts. So, what they're going to do with auto rifles uh, in the season of worth? The the adaptive archetype, 600 rate of fire was given a buff. They're pulling it back a little to keep in check with other auto rifle archetypes. uh, Adaptive. The damage per bullet has been reduced will be reduced from 15.75 to 14.25. No, prior to Season of the Worthy, damage per bullet was 13.75. So a little bit of a blanket nerf, but not as bad as Season of the Worthy. And that's what they have to say at auto, about auto rifles.
3: Thoughts? I'm good I, with it.
2: I like using my auto rifle because it's easy game for babies. So I'm a little sad about that.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this means we will see less auto rifles. It will be less prevalent.
4: No, I like auto using rifles. Them. Less gnawing hungers.
2: I love <laughs> using gnawing hunger. It's okay. super easy. I'm That's why fine I like it. with
3: people using them. I'm not fine with going against a team of six who are all using it.
2: What's wrong with that? Going people can use what they six want. Six
3: randoms who are all using it.
2: So would
3: you rather go against six people using
2: Thorn? Because that's what you get on PC. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. Oh my god, Thorn. <laughs> yeah.
2: Thorn's the worst. I am
3: good with that.
2: Really? Because then you're gonna get burned when you go around the corner. That's worse.
3: Because yeah. then I can I can stay back and actually get my health back. Whereas No, with you can't because you have burn. Well yeah, you wait out the burn. burn. But with an auto rifle, if they see you for three seconds or more, you're dead. With the way they are now, yeah. I mean. (laughs) Yeah. So like I am current I I am all right with this change.
2: Yeah. I mean Because
3: we're gonna get less, you know, auto rifles, easy game for babies
2: but I like my easy game for babies.
3: And yeah. that's why it changes. That's I why know. it needs to change.
2: That's okay. I still have sniper rifles. I can still black people from halfway across the map.
3: <laughs>
4: I like the way she thinks. <laughs> okay. Now that the moment we've all been waiting for.
2: God, give me my scout rifles back. please. Scout
4: rifles. Let's see what they're doing to scouts. Scouts have a reasonable time to kill and can't be adjusted too much without making them dominate the battlefield. So we're making them a little easier to use. Boo. They increase how much each point of aim assist stat widens the aim assist cone. At maximum, the aim assist is now fifteen percent wider.
5: So
2: they did nothing except made it so more people can use it.
4: But the I, I have there's a silver line here, but with them widening that cone, I feel like there might be a little bit more accuracy with them because you know how they kind of just like yeah. you miss shots left and right with them. I feel like, like oh,
2: you do.
4: I have ever Ooh. since. I mean, yeah, I do. Ooh. To be honest with shots, you, because shots cause fired because they suck. <laughs> <laughs> I see greenies.
5: I
2: just, and serious. I
4: did use Randy's and I got bored yeah. with it. I know
2: Randy's is the sorry. weapon suck
4: I did or use or... Randy's until Revoker came out. And then <laughs> sorry, I... I'm
2: just throwing shade left and right because it's fun to just get your reactions. Sorry. Or wait, so Orchid, does the
1: weapon suck, or is it the individual using the weapon?
2: You know what? Sometimes it's one and the same.
4: <laughs> no, scouts have sucked for the longest time. Um let, <laughs> let's be honest. They have. but yeah, Randy's was the only thing probably you could use. I mean, what, what was the other one? Jade Rabbit, just because, you know, the the sticky.
1: I still of those bullets. like my
4: Mita multi-tool. Mida, yeah. Prove but everything wrong. else, like, sucked, like, to be honest with you. Um, you know,
2: I actually like Symmetry that we got a couple seasons ago, the exotic Oh, yeah,
4: scout I did rifle. use that for a little bit. I really oh, like okay. that scout
2: rifle a lot. I love how pretty it is, and it's good.
4: Yeah, yeah, it is. Definitely in a skilled hand, it is definitely good. Yeah. Um, I, I need to check it out because I have one,
6: but I, I haven't really used it.
4: That's, uh, yeah. So minimal change. Hopefully, we'll see what happens, I guess, with it. So here's uh, here's kind of a, this is a head scratcher right here. Rocket launchers. These heavy weapons currently have a very low reserves, so we're adjusting that. We expect to take another look at rocket launchers in a future season. Increase reserves by one or two rockets depending on the inventory set.
2: <laughs> what? what? So you're in giving the world? us more rockets, but maybe later.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what is that? All right, I was guys. So confused. When wait, I wait that. A minute. So are they
1: are they saying no, no. that we're gonna get an extra rocket for right now and then more changes later?
3: Yes. Because
6: that's how I read it.
3: That is how I read it. Okay, it says that's how I interpret it. another look at rocket launchers in a future season.
4: They just increase the reserves, though. They increased the magazine. So you can't carry more right. than one unless you're using, like, something with clown cartridge or truth. Well, get strategic,
1: Ooh. get good, and, you know, get the right perks so you can use it.
3: How about oh, make rockets that, good again? <laughs> How about that? That's going to that's make my invasions in Gambit more fun.
2: <laughs> oh, you're going to be so gross. You already get like 21 <laughs> kills in Gambit <laughs> for like one Gambit game. What
5: Gambit do you perfected. mean? Is...
2: <laughs> no, ga- oh, I, you. <laughs> I know, no, that's what I'm saying. You already get like 21. Like just Gambit perfected is going to be 30. 32 guardians i just see it now i can hear you cackling but i feel like i can now but i can just picture it in the future and it's <laughs> glorious
1: so shadow price what's going on with uh the perks and more specifically outlaw
4: looks like uh what they're doing the outlaw their the reload speed increase felt insufficient with certain subfamilies and combinations of roles, example, aggressive hand cannons. So they're increasing the reload stat bonus from plus fifty to plus seventy.
2: Because they nerfed Outlaw into the floor, they're now gonna make it faster again.
3: Yeah. So good. Yeah. Good change. Good change. It
4: sounds, good like change.
3: It sounds like they're just reversing mm-hmm. the change that they previously made.
1: Now what yeah. was Outlaw originally at? Do you do y'all remember that?
3: I don't remember the original. I don't remember either. the the number. They changed
2: mm-hmm. it so long ago
1: yeah it was a while ago i would be curious if it was 70 and they changed it back or if it was actually even more powerful than that
4: yeah so we got a change for merciless uh they are increasing the inventory stat from 36 to 55 which will increase the reserve ammo so anybody out there using merciless you got another reason to use it again.
2: Lol, no one's using merciless, let's be real.
4: <laughs> I know right? I haven't
1: used it since like the day that I got it. Yeah.
6: I've but
4: missed
1: it. The next it. weapon. <clears throat> I, I oh. can't I can't I can't even look.
4: Good old Mountaintop. So they've well, gone to say that they've had a ton of feedback that Mountaintop feels a bit over the top in the Crucible modes. And this pinnacle weapon has had ample time to shine, so we're taking it down a notch. So here's are the specific pain points that they go on to uh, describe. And right now, it is a one-shot body shot with infinite range, quick and easy cleanup of wounded guardians, even around corners, deals high splash damage, and rewards for inaccuracy, perfect in-air accuracy, and allows airborne guardians to rain down death. And there's not much grounded guardians can do to respond. So what is one to do? Here are the changes. They reduce the splash damage by 33%, increase impact damage such that the total damage is 5% lower than before. They're reducing the projectile velocity multiplier from the Micro Missile perk from 1.4 to 1.2, i.e. now 20% faster than other breach grenade launchers instead of 40%, and they go, to finally say that they reduced in air accuracy, now has significant projectile error, error while in air around seven degrees without the Icarus grip mod, substantially less width. So they are hitting Mountaintop hard. And oh yeah. Right rightfully so, I think. I think this thing has had its time in the sun. In my opinion. What are your guys' opinions?
2: On Mountaintop. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I spent an entire uh probably 45 minutes in stream getting just absolutely destroyed by it by Hive Thrall and my friend Mandy. Cause we did hmm. private matches with Mandy, my friend Sam, and Hive Thrall, who's a really good friend of mine. You can find him on Twitter.
4: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. um yeah, he he's a crucible god and he and Mandy were floating around like the warlocks they are with their mountaintops just destroying us from the sky and it hurt real bad. So, it, yeah, I hated it. I hated
4: every second of it. I'm like, <laughs> Damn you, mountaintop! Yeah, that's how it's been for me. Like, yeah, warlocks float around shooting it from above and just one shot and you.
2: Yeah, the they thing. just floated around with their raining down their death and couldn't do anything as I ran away screaming. So, yep. <laughs> On console, mind you. So, already I was running through molasses, running away screaming. So,
4: oh, even worse.
2: <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> I never want to repeat it ever again. Yep. I mean, I love Mountaintop, like, not in Crucible. I use it all the time. Like, see that drag over there in Mountaintop.
4: <laughs> I have a love hate relationship <laughs> with that gun. It's just, I love it in PVE because, you know, how useful it is. But I hate it in PvP. Oh my god, do I hate that gun.
2: (laughs) I um, really like to use it in PvE a lot. Uh, I think it's really useful. In PvP, I actually I really prefer to use Astral Horizon. Shotgun is what I crutch if I'm not using Revoker. Or Eye of Soul. So nice. Yeah, I'm I'm a shotgun girl. I will shotgun eight my way around a map.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. I like shotguns, um, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to the Crucible. I'm not very good with using things like rocket launchers. My success rate is bad. Or I kill myself when I use a rocket launcher. It it doesn't work.
2: I think if I am using Mountaintop, if I haven't killed myself at least once in that play time, then I'm not doing it right.
6: Yeah.
5: Yes.
4: <laughs> well, next on the chopping block.
5: <laughs> no pun <point laughs> intended.
4: Fallen guillotine. <laughs> Reduce oh. heavy attack damage by 24% to bring in line with other swords. No, Fallen Guillotine will continue to slightly be slightly above average, just not to the extent that it is now. So I mean,
1: is that necessary? Like I mean, I feel like you're taking away what made the gun, the weapon special, right?
2: And they yeah. could have waited until the end of the season, honestly.
3: Which essentially <clears throat> they are. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, all these changes are coming with beyond, beyond light, but and, and, and this season's why. been uber long. Okay, so.
1: but, but here's my question: Why is falling guillotine
4: so important for them to? Because it's destroy it destroys everything. Like, oh, it's because it's a, the
2: new raid. They're doing this because there's probably something in the raid that yeah, you that can just absolutely sense. just cack with it.
4: Yeah. Okay. Even 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 with the stomp mechanic though.
2: Oh yeah. Just just put on concussive Dude. like mods and then you're fine.
3: Dude, put concussive m- mods on. Pop a bubble. Pop a well. Just sit there and cut their their you know ankles.
4: Hmm. Concussive mods. I didn't oh okay. I heard about them, but I didn't know exactly what they did. See now uh, we're getting some like raid ideas and strategies. I like it.
3: Oh, yeah. like this was these were the strats that I was using for nightmare hunts.
4: Hmm. <laughs> nice. So the next weapon we have, uh, weapons, is uh, Mita Multi-Tool and Mita Mini-Tool. Uh, the Mita Mini-Tool we're going to talk about first. Uh, they moved the Midas Synergy trait to the Intrinsic, similar to how the uh, Baroque version works. Added the following perks also, too, hip fire Grip and Kill Clip. No, there is an issue with the Masterwork on this weapon that prevents it from being upgraded. This will be fixed in a later update. So that's how they're going to... Probably be able to bring Mita Mini Tool forward with you know it's going to avoid the sunsetting thing because it's going to pair with the Mita Multi Tool, right? That's what I'm reading into it. As
3: yeah, yeah, it that makes that's, sense. That's mm-hmm. What I'm reading, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's the fact that they're bringing it forward somehow. Yeah, same
4: thing with the Sturm and Drain too. Um, they say that the Drain it moved the for together forever trait to the intrinsic similar to how the Baroque version works, and they added the Fallen perks to it. Accurize rounds and move in target. And they go on to say there's an issue with the masterwork of this weapon and prevents it from being upgraded. And then they also say the gunsmith will be selling a version of this weapon on November 10th with no infusion cap. Well, there you go. There you go. Problem solved.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering what they were going to do with Mida because it was, I mean, couldn't have it. I don't know why yeah. they won't just let you pull it out of your collections with the new cap
4: on it, but yeah, whatever. Nice, nice little uh, adjustments though. So yeah. If uh, you are ones that like to use those weapons.
2: I really like might've mini tool. It's a really good SMG. It's like yeah. super underutilized.
3: Yeah. Can we take a moment and realize that they said with no infusion cap, yes
4: oh those weapons are never, right, well,
3: because because the, are
2: never getting sunset right because exotics
4: are never getting sunset
2: yeah they they go with exotic weapons so they right. will never get sunset they pair yeah.
4: with each other like peanut butter and jelly you know exactly
2: like Vegemite and toast
4: yeah mm.
6: that's awesome now you're making me hungry <laughs>
4: All right, so now they're going to do something to a brand new weapon we just got this season, Runius Effigy. Mm. They're talking about transmutation mutation spheres. They reduce the, the damage of the aerial melee attack by 25%, significantly reduce the damage of the drain effect on enemy combatants. So, so what's the point of the gun then? Yeah. I, yeah, no
3: i I'm, I'm sad about this
4: yeah because we just got it this season you know it's, it was a new exotic this season it was for doing the one of the quests for destroying the witch
6: queen's eyes
5: yeah yeah,
3: yeah that's uh, kind of a <laughs> annoying and, change and like I'm, I'm the kind of person who I went up as close to each one of those eyes just so that I knew she saw me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Did you really?
3: Yes. So all funny. except for the for what, the horrible one in prophecy in the final boss room.
2: Oh yeah. That one's really far away.
3: Yeah.
4: I still haven't gotten all the eyes. I'm slacking. I got to do it before the end of the season for those planets. Go yeah, I'm away. Same. Um, I'm in the same boat. I
1: have quite a few things I still have to do before the end of the season. Um, I feel like I'm getting behind. All right, so we got two more
4: exotics to talk about here. Uh, Arbalest no longer strikes shields multiple times, but its efficacy against shielded targets has been increased. Okay. We don't know how much. So. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know an amount. And finally, Jade Rabbit. They go on to say armor-piercing rounds swap to high-caliber rounds, and this fixes an issue that can prevent the exotic perk from triggering. So, yeah, there's that. Basically, that so that wraps up all the exotic changes, and now we're on to adept weapons that you can uh, get from Trials. Um, So they go on to say that here's how... Adept weapons are gonna differ from base weapons. Masterwork and Adept weapon will grant additional stats, that you'll get a plus 10 for the primary stat as usual, the specific Masterwork weapon, but you'll get a plus three for all the alternate stats. And Adept weapons can be used either a standard weapon mod or a new Adept weapon mod, and it can be earned when going flawless. And you also get a, new, a unique Adept shader has been made for these weapons. And they're going to say, no, these shaders are not awarded as a consumable. When dismantling an adept weapon as such, they cannot be applied to other pieces of gear. Those are really nice looking weapons, though. Like that shader makes them pop and shine. Yes. I just have to say that.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: It does. Um, is it anybody does. disappointed Every- that it's the same weapons?
2: Um, At the same time... I don't really care Okay. about Adept Weapons because Trials is a shitstorm.
4: No, yeah, yeah, it is. Like,
2: <laughs> fix Trials and then give me Adept Weapons.
4: Well, there's going to be a whole new player base coming in with uh, Game Pass. Um, uh, there isn't.
2: On- they're not going to be doing Trials because they're going to hear all the bitching that we did about Trials, and they're going to stay far away from it.
4: Are they making changes, though, in the background? That they, no. They're not... No, I I don't know if they truly can though.
1: I they think can. that fundamentally, when the switch was made from Battle.net
4: to Steam, I think that they well, they're trying to shut a down of to a perfect game. I mean, that's they don't have do they don't have an anti cheat. That's that's like the problem. Like right now, you know, it's like they don't but, have.
2: Like honestly, I okay, so I I will preface this with I play a lot of I'm okay. I'm A not good at PvP, B play a lot of PvP on PC in different countries. Like I primarily play on like Australia servers because I like to challenge myself with the really, really, really laggy ping, because that's how (laughs) I like to challenge myself you know, not have good aim and have really, really high lag. (laughs) Because I just like to that is some
4: (laughs) tough sledding right there. I
2: really I just love to make it real hard. But like when it comes to trials, A, I've actually the I've actually not come across as much cheating as people say. And it's because Yes, I have come across, like, some lag switching, and it's rare. But I've seen that on console more than I have seen actual physical, like, this person is flying around in the air and, like, rocketing me in the face with something, and they're not reloading. Like, actually breaking the game kind of cheating.
4: Oh, yeah. I mean... Like, do- I have
2: seen I've seen lag switching and, like, DDoSing more than I have seen...
4: You ain't you know. living this if you haven't been shot through a wall, you know, before. Yeah, so, I've, you know. Yeah,
2: but I mean, how much of that is being shot through the wall and how much of that is actually just lag?
4: It's lag. Yeah, it's and definitely it's lag. lag. It's, not, yeah. it's
2: not cheating. It's just shitty connection. And it's the fact that the player base is pure so small that pure. you're pulling. Yeah, no you're dedicated
5: pulling, servers.
2: No, there's no dedicated servers. You're pulling connection from halfway across the globe. Mm-hmm. And it, part of it is because... Like it's the way their matchmaking works and it comes down to their quote unquote, and Bungie you know, doesn't want to change it. No, because they, they're like, Oh, well we're going to do connection based matchmaking. No, 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 you're not shut up. Like I'm playing people in China and I live in Oregon. Like you're doing no such thing. Okay. Like when I wake mm. up in the morning and I'm playing by myself, like half the people I'm playing against are in China. So if Good that point. is the connection that I'm playing against on PC in the mornings, at like 5.30 or something.
4: Now, do you play uh, quick play or do you play like... It's, comps, that's
2: just quick no. play or that's both.
4: Like that's uh, control play. and classic? Yeah, that's mm.
2: control and, and comp.
4: Yeah, no, yeah, I agree.
2: That's both. And so, I mean, for skill-based, it's more America I've seen. For connection-based, I've seen more Asia, which is weird. Mm. And I get Mexico, too,
4: so do you switch the uh the steam thing to like asia like um or- I
2: no, I actually don't um i end up if I end up playing with friends, I will just join their fire team in Australia, and I'll just play with them my oh connections, I see my connection's good enough that I'll just play with them, and then it's actually fine, but if I'm playing by myself and I'm just playing. Like, I actually, my closest servers are bungee servers in Washington. Like, that's, that's where, like, my my hub servers are those servers.
4: And how are those servers?
2: They're fine. They're kind of sweaty because there's, you know, it's Bungie servers.
4: Right, right, right. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. That's uh, interesting points. Yeah.
2: But, I mean, I'm getting connections, you know, in Asia, so... And quite i still regularly. want these
4: weapons though i still want them like i'm going I, to try to find a way because i actually do enjoy pvp i hate i hate the cheating though i hate the cheating i hate the lag switching i hate the you know all the crap that they that people do all the extent that or the, the length that people will go to i know, just.
2: i hate that like i um i lfg'd once uh two seasons ago to do trials which i usually don't but i really wanted to play because i wanted i think it was just like for the freaking gauntlets and um a guy I, my connection was super bad and i was playing on xbox and i was wondering why and i kept getting kicked back to orbit i didn't even think anything of it and so i i logged back in after you know we go to the um we went flawless we go to the lighthouse and um Like I end up getting a notice from Bungie on my account that says like, like we've noticed like that there is networking and is like consistent with lag switching. And so like I have a tick on my account for that now because a guy that I met. Yeah, because a guy that I met in an LFG was cheating. And so I got dinged for it, even though I didn't do it
4: that's and i had no
2: idea and so oh i had texted God. him later and i'm like did you do this and he's just like laughed at me and i'm like you can't do that
4: like wow that's horrible that's just yeah horrible. so like i said the lengths allergy. that people will go to i just it's don't just get a it game exactly and that who cares that, so that's that's what i don't understand that yeah. it's just a game why do people cheat why do they go to the lengths because it makes do? it easy People yeah. cheat
2: because it makes it easy and then you have the gear and you can show off and you'd be like, look at how good I am, but you're not good because you just cheated for it. So. Exactly. Like, how good are you really? You're not. That's a, that's a dose. Hate that's, a for dose. It.
4: that's a dose yeah. of reality right there. Yeah.
2: Then you just hate yourself for it forever. So there's no, I point. feel like we could have
4: a whole episode oh,
2: on that. I, I could talk about that all day.
3: <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. All I'm but really anyway. getting from this conversation is that Orchid needs to stop playing abroad.
5: I... <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, that's great.
3: Well...
2: Those
4: so weapons the, are very that...
2: shiny, though.
4: Yeah, and I want them. Like, I, I'm not gonna lie, I love that shader. Like, the way they look is just... It's beautiful.
5: hmm
4: It reminds me of, like, d D1, almost, like, in a way, but, like, even more pronounced. So... Yeah,
3: if I right click and save the picture, that'll be the only time that I actually have those weapons. Because <laughs> I just I don't see myself going flawless.
4: I don't see myself going flawless either. But you know, and I did it a bunch in D one. Like I had people to play with. You know, it's just it just hasn't been the same. I feel like well, sense like
3: I, I'm subpar in Incrucible. Crucible. I'm a 0.8 KD.
4: I'm average I'm like like, 1.4 1.3 so yeah yeah.
3: actually I think I got my my KD up to 0.9 but still like I'm subpar and Mm. with the trials pool being what it is even if they bring in new people I just I still don't see myself doing it unless they give casuals an actual reason to go in aside from one weekly bounty
1: yeah 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 see see my thing is i think that in non-competitive crucible i'm pretty good my kd is like a 1.2 1.3 you know commendable but trials it's below 0.5 it's below 0.5 like
4: i can't really
1: hold my own yeah my
4: trials one isn't that great because i just like it with bad teams i mean you know it's, i mean
1: i just think i just think i'm not good enough for trials period like i mean i think that if i play with somebody and i'm doing trials they have to be very good to a point where they're telling me where the fuck to go and what to do because it's too sweaty like iron banner easy i can just wreck all day But if I'm going into trials,
4: it's a different ballgame. It's really frustrating. See, if I have one good player that I'm playing with, we could have an average player or a subpar player. And I think I do really good because I understand the objective of what I, you know, I I have a clue of where, what I'm supposed to be doing and stuff, you know. But it's just when you have, you know, you got to make sure that you have a dynamic that's going to work for you, though. Otherwise, you're just going to get stomped when you get above like even at games one and two you know you you're gonna get like sweaty tryhards in right at the beginning you know and they're they're trying to they're trying to alleviate some of the saying that there's a reason to go to the end of the card you know for weapons like these yeah obviously for the hardcores and things like that but how much is that going to change you know i don't see a whole lot so what's going on with prime rewards uh you know there's, there's new stuff yeah there's a couple things in there for the prime gaming for twitch prime uh people and uh some of the rewards you can claim on there is the Crypto cryptonesia sparrow uh 801's lone wolf ship the peerless precision ghost shell and a flare gun emote So once you redeem them, you will find these at Amanda Holiday in the Tower's Hangar. And you can stay tuned for future updates. So if you are missing any of those, you can uh, acquire that on uh, Twitch Prime.
1: Yeah. And I want to say that those are the, the new things that they released with the ice theme. It's pretty cool. Just check it out it's uh free if you have amazon prime just make sure to link your amazon prime account to your twitch and then if you go to your rewards one of the things that will come up is the destiny Two rewards so check it
4: out <clears throat> and i think we're pretty much to the end of the twelfth. hashtag
5: made it to the end
1: <laughs>
4: yeah, congratulations there's a- there's, uh, you know, at the end, DMG just says that they're going to go over some uh, progression systems and uh, currency things in uh, next week's TWAB. And they, he says that, um, you know, because people were concerned about the bounties and whether to save them. He says that most of your bounties will stay intact, but any bounties tied to specific seasonal activities or content entering the DCV will be removed on November 10th. Examples would include Black Armory, Gambit Prime, or Festival of Lost bounties. And additionally, any bounties that grant progression towards Infamy, Valor, may negatively impact your powerful rewards, as they are limited to the Season of Arrival's power levels. So their recommendation is to go ahead and claim your bounties, just to make sure you don't miss out on any XP or Glimmer. More to come next week. See you then.
6: I'm glad that they answered. Uh, The big question that
1: a lot of people had, you know, people were starting to wonder, should I stack bounties? Should I not? And I'm glad that this was clarified.
4: For the most part.
1: (laughs) Even though I I think that the way to handle this would be to just completely wipe all bounties at the end of the season. If you haven't claimed them,
4: then they disappear the fact that we have to reinstall like the game that should almost be like that should almost wipe them right there you know but
2: well they're not i don't tie to your they're tied to your account they're not tied to it installed to your computer
3: right right no i'm just saying exactly that if it like like all your your character information is stored on their servers
2: yeah which
3: yeah which is why you can pull it up on on third-party apps and that kind of stuff that's
2: why i can play it on stadia on my phone yeah how does
4: that
3: work
2: it doesn't i'm lying
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well man. you will be able to with XCloud. i don't know I,
2: yes not on iphone so
4: next year i'm gonna is. be a pleb phil spencer says it's gonna happen they're gonna make it happen in the browser just like i guess uh amazon's doing it with luna
2: I hope so. I would like it to work in a browser on um but it's going to be terrible. It's just going to be stadia but for iPhone. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm just I will just have to just get a second phone. I'll just go back to using my freaking like I you know, I have a I don't know. I have I've really I bought a phone in China a couple of years ago and I really liked it. It's a really <laughs> nice Huawei phone. I'll just go back to using that. Google won't let me use it because it's a Huawei phone.
4: <laughs> well, Damn. there you go. That is yeah. a
2: TWAB. Can't use oh, wow, anymore. that
1: was quite a TWAB. Lots of information there. And before we wrap things up, we do have a tradition on the show where oh, no. we rate the weekly update in the form of spicy tuna rolls between one being really stinky spicy tuna roll and five being bomb spicy tuna. So I guess, Orchid, do you want to kick things off? How would you rate this week's Bungie Weekly Update?
2: Well, it didn't make me cry. So last week's made me cry with, um, with beach. beach leaving. Yeah. Like, I've, I've never had a TWAB make me cry before. So that was new. <laughs> Uh, so more than last week, but less than, I don't know, um, I'm not going to rate it a five because I don't like a lot of the sandbox changes, but do you know what? This happens every year, every single year at the end of a season before the next year starts, we get all the sandbox changes and then we all just like hem and haw over it for a couple of weeks before the next season starts and we all pretend like this doesn't happen and it happens every single year and we have like collective amnesia over it. So I'm going to say it's a 2 out of 5 because it happens every year and we always act surprised and we shouldn't be. Uh, also they're taking happens. away every
0: season.
2: Every, yeah, season. every season. Every <laughs> season. Collective amnesia except for arrivals. Except for arrivals. Uh they're taking away <laughs> my um my ball gun so two out of five
5: very cool
3: yeah
1: and elemist what would you rate this week's bungee weekly
3: update there were some things in there that i'm excited about there are some things i'm not excited about i'll give it just a flat three out of five
5: okay cool cool
6: and shadow price how would you give this week's bunchy weekly update
4: yeah same like you know there were changes that were you know i don't know i would say i didn't like most of the changes i'm not gonna lie um i felt like them nerfing yeah the ball gun like right off the bat when we just got it this season not a good look the rocket launchers oh we're gonna talk about it in future season <laughs> stay tuned uh not doing enough scouts changing uh i mean some of the hand cannon stuff is pretty good but yeah i i gotta i'm with orchid <clears throat> i gotta give it two i i there's just they, i feel like they're doing things i don't like the more than things i do like so it's like getting the bad news out of the way basically so yeah two out of five
5: okay So I'm going to be a bit more
1: rewarding this time around, and I'm going to be a lot nicer. Uh, I'm going to give it a four out of five spicy tuna rolls. And here's why. I would much rather Bungie be very transparent about the changes that they're, they're going to make. And I think balancing a game is not a simple task. Obviously, I think they're looking at data, I think they're looking at a lot of different things to determine what changes to make with the game they're trying. So in that respect, I think this is a step in the right direction. Um, I like what they're doing with hand cannons. I think they could be doing a lot more with scouts and with uh, rocket launchers. But at the same time, I mean, I think that they're taking positive steps so i think that's good um i like what we're getting with the twitch prime rewards i like that they're being transparent about the bounties and they're telling us you know what's to come so i mean i i can't knock him you know it wasn't a great bob but i don't think it was that terrible so four out of five
4: I see what you're saying, but I didn't like any of it. <laughs> that's that's just my take. I see what they why they did it, but I don't like it. So
1: all right, Guardians. Well, we have come to that time where we get to wrap things up for the evening. It was a heck of a show. We talked about so many things. We got to learn much more about Orchid and LMS on the show. We got to talk all things Destiny lore with Beyond Light, and we talked in great depth about this week's Bungie Weekly Update. So Orchid and Elemis, thank you so much for joining us tonight and for being our guests. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show tonight.
2: Oh, yeah, it was fun. Thank you for having us.
1: Yeah, I had a really thanks. good
2: time. That's
1: thank you both. Great. It was a great time. And before we let you go, where can we learn more about you or do you want to kick things off?
2: Yeah. Um, me personally, you can find me on Twitter at Hey, it's orchid. You can find me on Twitch. I stream multiple days per week. My schedule is actually embedded in my, uh, Twitter profile. If you want to find my schedule, you can find me on Twitch at Hey, it's orchid. Uh, you can actually find guardians of lore at guardians underscore lore on Twitter, and you can find our podcast wherever you can download podcasts. Um, We always like to say, please leave us a review wherever you can leave reviews except Spotify because they don't do reviews for some reason. And you can also find us on thelornetwork.com alongside many other impressive lore content creators.
5: Awesome. Very cool. And Elemis, where can we learn more about
6: you? What she
3: said? Um... (laughs) (laughs) And you can find me on Twitter at I underscore am underscore Elemist. Um, and you can almost, or you can also email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com.
2: I knew I forgot I, one of them.
3: I primarily man that one.
2: Yes. I am very cool. locked to that.
1: And Shadow Price. Where can we learn more about you?
4: You can find me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79. And Also here on the Destiny Show podcast every Thursday night.
6: Awesome.
1: And you can find the Destiny Show podcast on every major platform. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and the list goes on. You can also find us on the web at destinyshow.com. And you can find us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. And every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, you can find us right here on twitch.tv forward slash The Destiny Show. Thank you, Guardians, so much for joining us tonight. And it was such a pleasure talking about all things Destiny 2 Beyond Light. Next week on the show, we're going to welcome a very special guest, we're gonna be hanging out with Thai Guy Travis, Travis Northrub, from IGM's Fire Team Chat, and we're gonna talk about more Destiny 2 beyond life. So, guardians, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and we hope to see you all next week. We hope you have a great night. Take care.
3: Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Since the dawn of time, there have been storytellers who teach through their stories. These myths give rise to fundamental truths, and these truths shape our collective experience. Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is Blue Crew 86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern-day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise as well as other games. Let's explore together.
7: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon.